We have loved these people since the day we arrived. When you love something, you protect it. to a stark contrast where we discuss the differences and similarities from Marvel Comics to their MCU counterparts. And we are your hosts, Jeffrey. And Die. Welcome back, everybody, what to episode up? 16. 16, Jeff. I know. 16. Whoa. 16. Yeah. That's a lot. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. If you think about it, you know, like we're about to go into a new year. Yeah. And it's also like thinking back, like, oh, man, what have we done this year? And then we're like... Whoa, we're 16 episodes deep into a podcast. Yeah. That is essentially 32 weeks for us. Does that, no. Oh my God. No, yeah, yeah no, yeah, that's, that's right. totally, okay. yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. when you put it into perspective, 32, 32 weeks. 32 weeks. You're like, oh, it's not almost like two months. You're yeah. like, no, it's no, not. No, it's not. There's <laughs> four weeks in a month. Wild, oh my right? God. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Still kicking. <laughs> as long as Marvel keeps pumping out content, uh, we will still we're be here. still here. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of wild. Um, I guess we'll just get right into our usual wrap up um, top of the show stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to announce we have new Patreon patrons. Um, a welcome to Nats from the UK. Thank you for joining our little crew here and happy upgrade to Ashley and Laura C who had just joined the We Are Groot tier. So thank you. Welcome to the family. We love having you here. Thank you so much for your support. Um, speaking of Patreon, uh, we have a new True Believer exclusive. That's the middle tier. And um, it's essentially a decal of the show logo. Um, you can use it anywhere you want. On your laptop, on your water bottle, on your car window, whatever. Um, and it's basically uh, available to anybody contributing $3 or more. Um, so if you haven't yet, go on over, hit that link in the show notes. Or um, if you're already doing it, just hang tight and you should receive your decal in the next week or two. Some pretty cool swag. Some pretty cool stuff. I know, like, I, I kind of joke on social a lot about, you know, like, oh, we have new stuff. But, like, really, it's because I, I want it. Yeah. I personally <laughs> want it. I'm just like, this, this logo is so sick. I know. Thank you again, Cody. And so I'm just like, I want to put it everywhere. And I want to make variations of it in every color. And I want to do this Super and that. cool. Um, but yeah, so so head on over to our Patreon and you can take a, a look-see at that. Um, and <laughs> in my redacted notes, Jeff, oh God. we have new listeners, believe oh, it or not. Yeah. Oh my God, they just keep coming in. I love it. From different so, areas. Okay, where is it this time? <laughs> That's the thing, right? Like, can you even, can you even keep track at this point? Like, I'm, again, it's like a bingo card of all of the I, localities yeah, in I the know, world. I know we have a little, we've had a lot, some listeners, like a lot scattered throughout Europe. Yes. I think there was one yeah. in Central America at some point. Or yeah, was it South it, we have Brazil and Peru. Yes. Um, but for, for this episode, I'd like to give a shout out to our friends down under. No, that was my next guest. <laughs> oh! So Australia. Wow. Good day, mates. I'm sorry if that's so generic. Good day. Good day. Hello. Um, so we have some new listeners in Australia. Thank you so much. And it's amazing. And I feel like I said this already, but I I went back in all my notes. 
We have not shouted out this country yet, but Greece. Oh, Greece. Wow. So that's Love kind it. of fitting in a few ways Love considering that. the today's topic. But uh, sas, oh shoot. See, I wrote it down and now I forgot. <laughs> sas if karisto. So thank you. I mean, yeah, I'm I trying. I that. <laughs> It was a tough one. <laughs> so uh, thank you to, to Australia and Greece and welcome to the show. Um, before I continue with the rest of, of the intro, I wanted to spring a surprise on you. Oh my God. <laughs> Yo, Dai does it every time and I always come to her place and she just nonchalantly like this, like... We have some good chats. We talk about stuff and sometimes I just, just, I come in with a surprise. She just like throws things at me. A surprise, not literally. Okay, here but, we go. So I, there is this artist that I love in Malaysia. Okay. Uh, I don't remember how I stumbled upon their art in the first place, but I think I just saw a retweet from somebody, you know, Marvel Twitter's crazy like that. Uh-huh. And um, maybe a, a year or two ago, I started commissioning them for work and, and I got oh, okay. some stuff done. And, and they're just really cute, like chibi versions of characters. And so I wanted to surprise you with something. <laughs> That I got commissioned. And so shout out to Krill, um, by the way. Um, And so I will post this on our social media. um, But this is one of two. The second isn't finished yet. Okay. Okay. And so I comped this up um, to show you. But. (laughs) Guys, I literally have no idea. Here you go. Whoa! it for for y'all now um if you don't follow us on social please hit the the follow button for s-t-r-k-c-n-t-r-s-t but the artwork is basically krilled chibied us and so i asked them to draw me with like a spider-man shirt and some chucks on and then when i described you i was like can you put him i'm literally wearing that right now outfit in the fan art which was hilarious and that's the funny thing i just said can you please put him in a hoodie and a hat um here's his instagram here's a picture to base it off of and they did the rat they they chose the i am posting this on my instagram (laughs) oh my god they nailed it they nailed you i was like that's crazy so good so thanks again to Krill in Malaysia. I appreciate you. You're such a great artist. Um, I'll put their links or their link in the show notes as well, just so you can take a peek. They're big Stony fans. They love Steve and Tony. They do great artwork. Um, support them if you can. Um, but yeah, so to get on with the rest of the show. Before we do, <laughs> yeah. let's give a quick update on what we were able to yes. attend. Please, yes. We're recording on a Wednesday. So last night. Yep. The 16th of November. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I said this off camera but, or off mic. I, was, I didn't realize how big an event it was until I saw it all yeah. plastered through social media. But we were at the L.A. 
kind of Fan trailer event, yeah. trailer launch event of Spider-Man No Way Home. Yes, we were. And so this was my first experience, <laughs> like at least uh, uh, this is my first like we've been to the, a couple of the early fan screens, yeah. whatever. But this was the first spidey experience yeah. for me yeah and guys let me tell you <laughs> in the wild spider-man fans are insane <laughs> i mean it, in the most it, like great yeah. way possible but holy the energy shit. the energy yeah in it was that room was crazy yeah and of course you know if you follow along with with sony or spider-man on social media you would see that our mate tom holland was in the building yes. answering questions he was so he was so yeah. humble and and lovely and just oh my god he's like the embodiment of Peter yeah, Parker. Yeah, if you haven't seen the video I'll plastered social media or whatever, yeah. we the we the moment we watched right after we watched the trailer for the first second trailer for the first time, mm -hmm. Tom Holland came up tearing up. He was and crying. I was like, whoa, yeah, that's insane incredible incredibly yeah. moved and so yeah. it's it's crazy to think about because it could mean so many things and it's also it could also just be him being like oh my gosh i love the energy in this room yeah spider-man fans are greatest you know and yeah oh, i know a lot on. of people don't like when it's when they're in theaters yeah. and they don't like the the hooting yeah. and hollering yeah i oh. personally don't mind it as yeah. long as it's in great taste yeah and i think it was rightful in mm -hmm. that moment because mm -hmm. The anticipation, so even yeah. for just a trailer, yeah. was kind of just like off the <laughs> charts. I, I mean, I was talking about this with Dad when we were waiting in line yesterday. I was just like, there's never been a trailer that mm -hmm. has so much anticipation. Right. The trailer's literally three minutes. <laughs> Not even, it's like just under. Yeah. It's like 2.57. Yeah. And yet, the, the, there were so many people there. It was incredible. People and were there since like 9 a.m. Since 9 a.m., yeah. The event was yeah. at 5. Yeah, exactly. And I, you Insane. know, honestly, I think we can talk about this like even more fleshed out and in full. Like, um, we have a we have a mini Marvel coming up in, in a couple of episodes, oh, yeah. and I would love to just kind of like revisit, um, you know, that event with you and, and kind of get into oh, yeah. the nitty gritty of things like yeah, that. Yeah, that was definitely an event. I hope, yeah, I hope we're able to see like for that sure. Movie so, early. <laughs> but yeah, and and you know, thank for, thank you for bringing that up because you know, thanks to uh, our friend James Viscardi at comicbook.com for getting us on the list. And yeah, that was an awesome experience. It was great. And I'm glad you got to go. Because <laughs> it was, honestly, it's, it's something else. Spider-Man just brings another thing out of people in, a, in the most amazing, no pun intended way. Like, it's just another... It, the amount of knowledge some of those guys have. <laughs> there's random trivia questions yeah. going up. And the amount of knowledge like it's, people have. It's that life. It's pretty insane. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's pretty electric to, to kind of witness. Like, I was kind of like, I'll say I was definitely overwhelmed. Yeah. But I was just like, but it, but it was just mostly me just kind of like absorbing, absorbing. it all. Yeah. In. And I was just like, this is crazy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. So with that, we will move on to today's episode. Um, you know, and of course, uh, we're not experts. We don't claim to be. We're just a couple of nerds having fun and having a great discussion. And, and so if you have anything to add to the conversation, please hit us up. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, so this, <laughs> this is a huge character lineup. Huge, okay? And so I mean, yeah. we've, you know, you know, 15 episodes deep, We've done a couple of characters, literally a couple of characters who have dual sort of identities or entities mm -hmm. involved with them. And those are kind of hefty because, you know, you kind of really have to dedicate half to, to the first, you know, like to Eddie Brock, for instance, and then half to Venom because they are one unit. 
And so that easily is the, sa- is, is the same for this team. And so if you hadn't checked the episode title, we're going to be talking about The Eternals. Just in time for the film dropping. Yeah. Um, and so we went to the. Uh, a, a, did we? We went to special the special early screening. Right. We got a Marvel special. Special. I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that laughing. Oh my gosh. So we got invited to a uh, special screening by Marvel for the film before its official release, and then I pulled almost pulled a triple. And then I watched... Oh, three days in a row. Yeah, I went to the fan event the night after, and I was going to go again on um, opening night, but I decided to forego it. (laughs) (laughs) And then I ended up seeing it again anyway, so I've seen it three times. You've seen it... Just the once. Just the once. I still... Yeah, you retain really well. Yeah, and so uh, before we get into it <laughs> uh, I wanted to mention that of course they're, they're created by comic book legend Jack Kirby we've mentioned him you know a few times and, and probably many more to come um, and of course their, their first appearance was The Eternals number one mm-hmm. uh, July 1976 and so um, if you'll let me Jeffrey I'd like to go into Jack Kirby just a little bit please I mean yeah, he's a legend so it, yes he's a legend <laughs> yeah. and I feel like you know um, with someone like Stan, for instance, so many, so many people were, you know, they, they know him, they, they were exposed to him and who he was and mm-hmm. the kind of creator he was and who he created. But people aren't, I feel like general public are not as well versed with Jack Kirby, mm-hmm. who is a king in his own right. And that is his middle moniker, if you will. Um, but Jack Kirby himself, he was, you know, he was basically the, the co-creator of many of our favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Um, he was born Jakob Kurtzberg or Jacob Kurtzberg, um, also known as Jack Curtis. Um, and he was widely known as one of the most prolific and influential creators in comics. And so he, he was one of those creators that didn't just work for one en- entity. He worked across the board for different publishers. Um, after his time with Marvel, you know, which was timely, which was also Atlas, um, you know, Jack uh, departed in the 70s around this time. And, you know, unfortunately, it was under um, kind of, you know, it was under the uh, citing unfair treatment. Um, largely in the realm of authorship, credit, and creator's rights, which is something that people still endure to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of why I think they're fueling the fire for studios and, you know, because you know, it's a billion-dollar industry now at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's crazy. The least you could do is just add somebody's name in a movie credit, you know what I mean? And yeah, so, and And that, that was... Um, true with I believe one of the Batman films and and Bruce Tim who is a really huge creator um, a notable creator finally got accredited in a film and everybody's like oh finally, finally. Yeah. and so the, Jack Kirby is kind of that same entity and when he s- started getting credit in in these films it was a big deal but this is Eternals is the first film that we see Jack Kirby and there's not a lick of Stanley anywhere. It's just Jack Kirby. And I don't know if you noticed that, but it was created like based on comics, comics created by Jack Kirby. And yeah. that was it. And so that's pretty outstanding. Um, 
And for the for the curious, of course, um, you know, Jack is uh, he's famous for Captain America, for Thor, the X-Men, Fantastic Four and Hulk, all of which he created, you know, under Marvel. Um, believe it or not, I have two trading cards <laughs> from that are related to these characters. Um, I didn't think I was going to have anybody but Cersei. And the truth is. I only have Cersei. Nice. But I do have also another topic that we'll be discussing for this episode, the Celestials. Ooh, yes. So I can't believe I have these. But um, and so I mentioned this in another episode that I used to, when I was little, so I'm saying like nine, nine or ten, I used to call Cersei black-haired rogue. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because in this card, yeah, yeah once, you know, uh, and of course we'll get into Cersei um, more along the way, but um, this trading card is from uh, 1992 Marvel Universe. Um, mm -hmm. And her, this is when she's a part of, part of the Avengers already. So, you know, like many of our superheroes, they jump around from team to team. And, uh, you know, after the Eternals and, and also in between the Eternals and whatnot, you know, Cersei eventually went to the Avengers. And, and so her suit is much different than what we see in the movie. Oh, yeah. um, it's, it's quite honestly a copy of Rogue's outfit from the classic 1992 X-Men. Mm, yeah. Just red and black. <laughs> I mean, she's wearing like a, just a regular like leather jacket. Right. Too. A leather jacket and everything. <laughs> and I, does she have a headband? Uh, yeah, she even has a headband in the back. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Yeah, and she's just black-haired. Um, and the Celestials, uh, you know, there, there are quite a few of those, um, but on this card, it's the uh, 1992... Oh, it's the same set, actually, or a like set. And, you know, it just features uh, four of the Celestials. I can't wait to talk about them. There are many. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to read the backs of those because we're going we're gonna to get into their details soon. Oh, yeah, we um, have a lot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, and, you know, so we'll get into those contrasts, but had you heard of the Eternals before uh, this? Right, so I'm not even going to really? hesitate. Yeah, no. yeah. Definitely, no. Right. I mean, I feel like that's that's... True for... I mean, maybe, like, Celestials, like, in a very, like, super surface level, obviously, like, with Galactus and all that kind of right. spiel. But yeah. No, never, like, to this... to Not to the extent that, like, the MCU has brought right. up right. about the Celestial being. Beca because even even with Guardians, like, and we've we've talked about Celestials at this point, we've talked about the Guardians quite a few times... Uh, Guardians, uh, the Celestials quite a few times mm -hmm. because of that film and... And um, they're mentioned in other movies, you know. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's kind of interesting that they've breadcrumbed this film in a subconscious way, maybe. Like, they were planting the seeds of the Celestials, and then you're kind of like, Eternals. But, yeah. you know, especially for new audiences, if you have no idea who they are, you're just kind of like, what? They kind of came yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll get right into it. And, you know, worth saying, it. this episode may con contain mild, mild spoilers. Mild, yes. very mild spoilers. Very mild spoilers. We're so not going to go crazy. Movie, yeah. Probably not the best to listen to this right now. <laughs> but, you know, we're going to jump around yeah. in the movie we're gonna jump to, around the, a bit. to the comic book history. But if you don't want to get spoiled at all. Yeah. Wait, yeah, wait a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, you know, it's worth saying that the film will be on Disney Plus immediately after its theatrical run. So I believe that's mid-December. Yeah. So it'll be just in time for Christmas. So if you want to wait and hold back a bit, please do. Go for it. Yeah. And then we will get into it. 
So, All right, who are we starting with? <laughs> we're going to start with the Eternals themselves, first and foremost. Cool. So, you know, for, for people who have no concept, no idea of what the Eternals are, um, in the books, they're, they're labeled as Homo Immortalis, which is quite literally immortal man in Latin. Nice. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that says, that says right there, you're like, oh, so they're immortal. Okay, cool. Got it. And, you know, n- not to be um, compared to, but there's a likeness to Homo Superior, which of course are mutants, which are X-Men. So ah. it's kind of like, yeah. And so with, with the Eternals, we're kind of going to go down this new path of, you know, we've gone down the street level, we've gone down the, you know, the gods and stuff, but this is, yeah, yeah, the whole spectrum of, of all these different avenues of superheroes. But this is more of a historical mythology, mythological type of, um, genre of superhero from Marvel. And so, you know, yeah, we have Homo Superior, we have Homo Sapien, and now they're introducing Homo, uh, Homo Immortalis, which of course are the Eternals. And so a million years ago, the, these beings known as the Celestials created 100 Eternals, um, which, you know, were an evolutionary branch of humanly gifted, humanity gifted with powers and abilities to look after the human race throughout the ages, rarely interfering, and of course, they are reborn whenever they perish. And so right off the bat, you know, with with that, those mere sentences, you kind of get the vibe of, okay, so they're just, they're these immortal, powerful beings that can do things, you know, they they have a certain prowess to them. Um, And it's, that is reflected quite honestly in the trailer, which of course, you know, Eternals, Directed by Chloe Zhao, or should I say Academy Award winning director, Chloe, Chloe Zhao, um, with a story by Ryan Furpo and Kaz Furpo. Um, and, and very simply, you know, it's explained by Cersei in the trailer. Um, she says, we're Eternals from a planet called Limpia. We came here 7,000 years ago on the Domo, our starship, to protect humans from the Deviants. Wow, that was good. I nice. mean, I'm trying. Nice. <laughs> I didn't memorize it like you do. But I'm trying to get the Gemma Chan down. Why didn't you guys help Thanos? <laughs> we were instructed not to interfere by who? <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Oh my God, I'm dying to do a super cut of just Jeff quoting everything. Oh my God. Um, But, you know, like, you know, fun fact for folks um, in in the comics, Domo is an eternal who Mm. who works on Olympia and answers to Zerus, a prime eternal. And so, um, so many names to keep. There's so many. Yeah, there's going to be a ton of name dropping, a ton of I'm going to try and explain it as much as I can. Um, But yeah, you know, and and so, like I said, it's it's quite literally that there are these Eternals that came from a planet. They're ages and ages old and they protect humans. And um, and so, you know, uh, Olympia itself in the comic books was home to the Eternals, specifically from Earth. and so while their ancestral home was originally the city of Titanos, that is now modern day Northwest Canada. Okay. 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 A. So these, per- so these <laughs> in the comics, they were actually born. Yeah. Like they were born on the, the on whatever. Olympia. Yes. And then that territory is now Canada. Okay. <laughs> 
So it wasn't like. Wow, some, that is a very different. It's a bit different from the movie it's a bit because different. they do mention Olympia in the movie. They do, but it's it's not fake. quite. Yeah, it's not it's quite fake. what you're led to believe. Yes. Um, okay. And so it's it's a very dis- it's a very different um, it's a very striking contrast um, because it, it's it's Canada. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's like oh, Olympia, Canada, Canada, <laughs> um, and yeah, and so. So we have, you know, like in tradition with Marvel films, you have all these homages and Easter eggs mm-hmm. to existing entities within the folklore, but they've just changed them up a bit. And so I feel like Olympia is kind of one of those things. But for Olympia, I mean, who's to say that that's what happens in the film is it like they can still they have a chance to expand on it or yeah. or you know like add to the story and yeah because the backstory way. in the film is like you know they were you know like like in the comics they're born out of olympia yeah. you know but then when you watch the movie it's 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 a made-up it's a made-up made backstory right like they yeah it's a made-up backstory they pre-programmed if you yeah will. and in the movie Celestials created Eternals. Right. Instead of Celestials were born and then trained to become Eternals. Right. It's lore that they keep building on to this day. Because, you know, again, 1976. So you think of how long they've been in the spectrum of things and how many iterations and rewrites and retcons that they've, they must have gone through. And even, you know, like, the, these cards are also kind of a... a, a f- a good example, like there, we're going to talk about ten characters, ten Shit. primary characters. It's but 10? oh my god, yeah, and, the, and that's just the Eternals, my I friend. <laughs> but like the fact that in 1992, when this card was made, there is only a Cersei, a Cersei, Cersei. Cersei. Um, there's only a Cersei. It's like the Filipino root beer dog. <laughs> that's Cersei. <Cersei>. <laughs> is it root beer or I thought it was like Pepsi, but it was. I think it's a root it's like beer. A, it's like a Dr. Pepper. I'm a horrible Filipino. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So we'll go into the team. Um, and I laid them out in, a, in, a, in no particular order, but I kind of wanted to jump around a bit. So let's start with Gilgamesh. Okay. Okay. And, and we're so. Gonna, we're going to have to. This is going to be... We're going to have to jump around. <laughs> yeah, Gilgamesh. And so Gilgamesh uh, debuted in Eternals number 13, July 1977. Uh, he's a hero in ancient Mesopotamian mythology um, by that same name. And, uh, you know, in the film, he's portrayed by Don Lee or Madong Sok, um, you know, his Korean name. He is labeled the strongest Eternal. I mean, yeah, that guy's huge. He's huge. <laughs> and he's just like, whoo. The, yeah, the fists on that guy. Um, and he, you know, it's said that in the MCU version is based on Gilgamesh from Sumerian mythology um, due to his strength and his kindness. So, um you know, compared to the comic book version in this instance, it, it, they're very similar. Um, you'll find that as we talk about each one from, you know, the, their origin, their comic book um, origin, they all seem to have the, this base suite of, of powers. Um, that's kind of interesting because that's not, you know, like with X-Men, I'm, I might talk about X-Men quite a bit off, off of the excitement of Disney Plus, by the way. Um, but, you know, like X-Men, for instance, they all have different powers. They're not all similar. They're not like a, a, a herd of the same kind. But with the Eternals in the comics, they all, they do very much have these similar cosmic energy powers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you know, and so that said, um, you know, Gilgamesh in the film, he's he's very much a powerhouse. He you yeah. see him conjure this cosmic like gauntlet of a punch, not <laughs> yeah. punch gauntlet, yeah. And he can manifest this power on both hands, and he can he can plant himself like rooted, yeah. and he can you know in his boots type of thing, um, and so that's very similar to the books. But um, you know, in, in Gilgamesh in the comics beams beams come from his hands, oh, okay. um, instead of shaping, and so. Okay. You know, uh, he, he's, it's kind of like Icarus, you know, not to jump too quickly, but yeah, he has, it's, it's all propulsion. It feels like, and I don't know if that's something of the time, Yeah. like, oh, beams are cool. Yeah. <laughs> propulsion probably. is cool. Yeah. And they want to show it in that manifestation of like, he's so powerful. Look at these cosmic rays coming out. Makes sense. Um, but you know, like, you know, back to the, back to the suite of, of powers that they all seem to have, um, it always tends to include telekinesis, telepathy, um, and Usual. then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so comic book Gilgamesh, he can fly. Oh. <laughs> Imagine all of them just flying. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Birds of a feather and whatnot. Um, and that brings us to Druig. And so, uh, in Eternals, the film, he's portrayed by Barry Keoghan. Is that how you say his Barry, life? Is it Barry? It, Barry. Barry, Barry Kyogen. Yeah. Is it Kyogen? Okay, so. a Kyogen. Um, whose power is mind manipulation in the film. He was great, too. He's so I good. Him, yeah. Like, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about yeah. it later, but my gosh, he was great. Um, and the comic book character, his counterpart, debuted in Eternals number 11 um, of May 1977. Um, you know, and I kind of had some... Uh, some thoughts about where this character might have derived from because there wasn't an, there wasn't necessarily an immediate attachment to mythology, oh, okay. um, like you'll 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 hear with the rest. But you know his name is kind of a giveaway. It's very close to druid, which of course are uh, a member of learned class among the ancient Celts who were priests and teachers, judges, oh, that such. Okay. So, so druids and druid, uh, yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, like I said, you know, he, in, in the film, he's mind manipulation, but in the books, he has super strength against the suite of same um, powers. He has telepathy, telekinesis, teleportation, and he can, he has transmutation. Transmutation is essentially what Cersei can do. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that that's yeah. basically Cersei. So he can he can manipulate mo molecules on top of everything oh, else. Yeah, they really had to ground everybody for the movie, right? Because, yeah, right, right, right. So it's it's kind of wild. It's like they they took all of these you know characters and just really wanted to make them even more unique than they already were. Which makes sense on, yeah. on screen because if you. If you have a, if you have like each hero that has like those kind of powers yeah. on screen, it'd be a mess. It just gets repetitive, and it's like, well, then then you have to base on their personalities. It's just a, yeah, it'd be just a, yeah. like a, a like a story mess. Yeah, nothing would make yeah. sense. Nothing would flow. Right, like what, everything would be all over the place. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then uh, we have Fastos, who uh, A.K.A. Phil Stoss. <laughs> Did you know that was his last name? God. <laughs> Phil Stoss. No, I didn't know. Yes, yeah, Phil Stoss. And so that's one of those things that they do in the comics quite a bit too, where play on they words. have a play on words. And it's yeah. kind of like, you know, if you've been to Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, yeah. you see the tombstones and yeah. they have those like 
names. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I forget. I can't think. Of I one, can't think of yeah. any right now. But but oh, just in time. Just in time, yeah. for instance. Yeah. So Fastos in the film takes on the the human name Phil Stoss. Um, he's portrayed beautifully by Brian Tyree Henry. Um, Great. He's so good. Um, and you know, we see him as a weapons and technology inventor. Um, and it's said that, you know, in the recon that I did on, on Faustos, um, he's based off of Hephaestus from Greek mythology, who was the god of the forge. Okay. Which makes total it's sense. I was say, like, that's like, great. How, how does the, yeah. and the comics sound? Yeah. And it's just like you said, it's kind of like, well, okay, yeah, if they, if in the books that, you know, Kirby kind of intended them to have all of the, the similar, like, base power in their you know, like at the, the heart and soul of each character that which unifies them, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's neat that when they went about it in the MCU way, or at least in a modern comic way leading into MCU, that they would they would base them off of Greek mythology and Roman mythology. Mm-hmm. Because I mean it's so rich in in like in in lore, which is like great yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah. And so for, for Faustus in the comics, he debuted in Eternals Volume 2, number one, in October 1985. Okay. So he came a bit later. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's worth saying that all of these characters look very different from what we see now. And Cersei is like just one thing. And this is not even the original Cersei. The original Cersei did wear green and she had uh, okay. like a more, you know, again, it's, it's of the times. She had something that is more generic and simple but also a little kind of greek mythology looking um but for Faustus in the books uh he had super strength invulnerability concussive force of energy manipulation from the eyes and hands psionic abilities and teleportation so he was kind of a mixed bag oh my gosh yeah, <laughs> yeah i right? mean totally makes yeah and so to then change him up a bit and make him like a god of forge like Hephaestus that's pretty, I mean, it's like, we haven't, aside Tony Stark, we haven't really seen that in the MCU. This man literally can create anything. He can create anything. I mean, you see it in the movie, like. Including a plow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I liked in the movie about, yeah. uh, like, when, like, when they were sent to, like, kind of, like, guide humans and protect them and stuff. Mm-hmm. I love how through each era, like, he was only allowed to create um, a device or something only for the times. Yeah. Like when Ajax was like, that's too advanced for their time right yeah, now. Let's yeah. just, you know. Let's, let's pull it back. So I like, <laughs> I, I like that. Cause like, that means he's had, he, he has it already. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm ready to, to unleash like this yeah. early 2000s technology in like early 1700s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Can you imagine? Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know, okay. What was your, uh, what was your unexpected, like, kind of, like, happening when you were being introduced to these characters um, in the film? Did you feel like you got a proper introduction to each one and then a proper lead-in to further into them as the film progressed? Like, how, th- did, how did it feel to you? I think so, because I did a lot of um, nonlinear editing mm-hmm. in the movie. So, like, like they would, like, start- Which could have gotten messy real quick, and yeah. it... Didn't. At yes. least I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah. Because and it works out because I don't want to say that because it's like a smiled spoiler. Actually it's a big spoiler. <laughs> don't do it. I know, so I don't <laughs> want to say that. But yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I think it was I think the non-linear way of storytelling was pretty essential mm-hmm. for this movie just because mm-hmm. there's so many characters yeah and then because they jump back and forth it really gives you time to kind of adjust with the characters and care about them mm-hmm. either you like you love some hate one think mm-hmm. like oh i kind of agree with that person mm-hmm. but maybe not so mm-hmm. i thought the i thought like the adjustment to the characters throughout the movie was just done pretty well because mm-hmm. i was really trying to i was like like how can i get invested mm-hmm. in these characters and but that also falls half onto the actors themselves. Yeah. The way they portray, portrayed that character yeah. made me feel like, cool, I care about this. Or like, oh, I understand. So, yeah. for example, uh, well, just off actor-wise, just made me fall in love with the character was Makari. Mm-hmm. We'll get into her. Yeah. But like just the way that Lauren Rid- Ridloff, mm-hmm. Ridloff mm-hmm. plays her. Like, yeah. And she and and she's obviously deaf, and she's like like the amount of like character and like exuberance she was able to just like put on screen. Mm-hmm. It was just like I love this character. Yeah, her sense of humor just flows through. Yeah, and she cares a lot. Yeah. Another example is Druig, mm-hmm. and like his understanding, mm-hmm. and like and the and that one scene with the with the I forget what with in um. In Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia, mm. like that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I understood his way of thinking because yeah. it's like he has this ability, mm-hmm. but he's like, "Why do we have to hold back?" Da 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 X Y Z. And I was mm-hmm. like, "I get it." Yeah, I, like you know, and it's yeah. Like, you they know. present you with these, these like almost eternal, in- <laughs> eternal, nice. oh brain. They present you with these in- internal conflicts that mm-hmm. you are probably having as you're absorbing these characters and yeah. the information that they're giving you about themselves and their powers. And it's like, and I've said this to pretty much anybody who's asked me like, oh, what did you think of the film? I always say, it's like, you know, you I, I guarantee that the one surefire thing is that one, who cares if people didn't like it? Just go watch it. <laughs> Just yeah. go watch it. If you're interested, go watch it. Don't rely on other people. But second, secondly, you know, it's just the fact that you think you go, you have a favorite just going in like, Oh, I saw the yeah. trailer. I like how that person looks, or I like the powers that that person kind of has in the trailer, or yeah. I like Angelina Jolie. She's yeah. it. But then you, you get to know these characters in the way that, you know, like Lauren Ridloff and, and Barry like present their, their personalities and you're like oh man it's yeah. it's actually quite different another great one yeah. was that we just spoke about it was Fostos yeah during this is not really like a spoiler mm-hmm. it doesn't give anything away mm-hmm. there was um, during the, the the Hiroshima bomb yeah so as you guys know Fostos creates weapons mm-hmm. he, just to kind of help earth and everything mm-hmm. he obviously in the movie they make it seem that he created the, the nuclear the, bomb. Yeah, the nuclear bomb, yeah. And he was hoping, you know, that they would be like, it would be used for good. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's used for good or in a positive <laughs> yeah. way. But it was, just, it was just supposed to help humans. Mm-hmm. And when he created it and he and he kind of put it out into the world, humans decided to use it for, for you know, then Hiroshima happened. Yeah. And, he, and then he was very, and that was his, that was his kind of event of like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I don't want to help humans anymore because yeah. so, and then, and then you understand him mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, it runs parallel with, you know, what's happening in the real world. Yeah. It's like humans do terrible things. Mm-hmm. His reaction is pretty like justified. Yeah. So yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I don't want to do this. Yeah. 
So it's it's a yeah. conflict. It's a conflict after another, and yeah. it's and especially for characters like these who are going through literal decades and centuries of time and mm-hmm. seeing different waves of humanity that they're essentially meant to protect um, and and aid. Just keep. Just life. They're supposed messing to messing it up. Yeah. <laughs> just one after another. Yeah. Like a sloppy toddler. Yeah. <laughs> just like it's like, like, hey, like here are the keys. Yeah. Like just op- use it to open the door. And they're like, screw that door. Yeah. I'm going right here. Yeah. Break- I'm gonna break like, a window. Yeah. yeah. And it's 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 so interesting. Yeah. Um and so speaking of Lauren Ridloff, uh Makari. Um Makari, uh superhuman speed. And so it's the first female based um speedster, if yeah. you will. Yes. That we see yeah. in the MCU. Yeah, which is like, okay, we've seen two Quicksilvers already. Right. Um <laughs> not to be compared <laughs> to <laughs> what's his name? Oh yeah. Ralph Boner. Yeah. Um not to be confused with the Flash, of course. Um but yeah, I think the first female speed speedster and um, you mentioned something, was it you? It's, I was talking to somebody, I was talking to many people about Makari for, for many reasons, but that they filmed her powers differently than they yes. did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she, she filmed, dif- they filmed her differently. First of all, like Red she Law. looks really good. Yeah. Like on, like as yeah. a speedster or whatever. She's so great. And she like running is actually one of Lauren Ridloff's like I'm I'm softly standing Lauren. Now. I was gonna say before before I before I go back to yeah. that like I totally went into the movie before yeah. watching it. Yeah. Cersei. Yeah. Athena stand. Yeah. Like Angelina Jolie. I was like yes. Yeah. I love Easy. them. Yeah. I came out of the movie. I was like Macari. I am a Macari <laughs> stand. Yeah. She was amazing. Mm-hmm. But yes, I and think, she loves yeah. to run. Yeah. So this is like perfect. They actually for her. filmed her running. Right. Like she, it wasn't like, you know, no yeah. disrespects to, you know, Ezra Miller, yeah. the, but yeah. she wasn't like standing in like a harness running in place. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like she actually, oh. they actually like, she actually like ran and, you know, and then yeah. the CG takes over and then she, they, did it, they did it in a way that was, it made sense. Yeah. Yeah. It and looks great. I love the, the yeah, treatment. There, there's one, there's the one fight scene in, in the movie where she's just going to town mm-hmm. on somebody, mm. like just in a fight. And she I was does it twice. Like, twice. Yeah. And I was just like. This is the best use. It's so good of like of of speed in yeah. a fight that I've seen. Yeah, and I'm just like, and I love Quicksilver too. Yeah, like yeah. I love like yeah. I love Aaron Tyler Johnson. I love like how he was portrayed in mm-hmm. Age of Ultron, speedster wise. Mm-hmm. But I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, I think in the context that it was, it was yeah, amazing. so good. Yeah. So uh, Makari as a character, um, you know, with the superhuman speed, is said to be based on Mercury from Roman mythology in the uh. MCU. Um, so, you know, Mercury is the god of travelers and merchants and associated with the Greek mythology's Hermes. Um, and so in mythology, Mercury also acts as a bridge between gods and mortals, mm-hmm. often serving as a mediator. Uh, I mean, I guess Makari kind of does that in her own way in the MCU. And she's and also the added um, aspect that she is deaf and the way that she communicates. I was going to say, is she deaf in the comics? Uh, was there any? <laughs> well, Makari is very, very, very different in the comics. Um, so I'm not so sure. I mean, I guess Makari kind of serves as a mediator in the film as well. And, you know, and the fact that 
Makari in the film is deaf, portrayed as deaf, um, and the way that she communicates with the sign language and how she yes. can, her powers, like she can sense the vibrations of the voice in a weird way yes. too. And, and, and just the, the way that they kind of refine that means of communication, I guess it's, you know, it's, it's similar to, to that of Mercury. Um, and you know, of course it, it, she's, also the first deaf character to be represented in the MCU, mm-hmm. um, soon to be followed by Echo, a.k.a. Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Aliqua Cox, who is going to debut in Hawkeye. Woo! And fun fact for you, they're friends in real life. <laughs> so that's cool. Small circle. I <laughs> Small love that. Small circle, yeah. So for Makari in the comics, it's a, it's a drastic difference. Um, Makari uh, as Mercury, so there, there are three iterations of this character. Okay. This is actually, Makari is actually one of the, the more uh, dense character, uh, dense of the team. And so as Mercury, um, Makari uh, first appeared in Red Raven Comics, number one, August 1940. 26, Whoa. 36 years, predating Oof. Eternals. Wow. 36 years. Okay. And the interesting thing about that is that the, the publication history for Makari even though it's different names, it's still threaded through like it's the same character, which isn't very common with many. Like, oh, like they're just like, the, okay. yeah, like, like say, had they not done this, Mercury was one character. And then Hurricane, which is another one, is oh, another okay. character. But now in this instance, Mercury first came, then um, was followed by Hurricane, who debuted in Captain America comics number one. Captain America comics number wow. one in March 1941. And then finally, as Makari, Eternals number five, November 1976. So the character already had 30 years in the in the comics world before, before actually becoming the Makari. That, yeah, okay. before an Eternal. Um, and, and so, you know, with, with the comic book version, again, the same suite of powers of cosmic energy, um, you know, there... Makari in the books also has psionics. Um, so telepathy and telekinesis is a big thing for them. They all, they all have mind powers, Jeez, basically. Yeah. The mind powers, cosmic propulsions, those are the basis of the Eternals in the comics um, with this core team. Super everything. And is also a genius in creating, designing, and operating vehicles and other modes of transportation. <laughs> I mean, damn, they're yeah. so they're all so well rounded. Yeah, it's but that yeah. I thought this was interesting because it's a facet that you kind of almost see in Fastos in the MCU. Yeah, so it's almost like they went, okay, Makari's dope already. Maybe we take this comic book 100%. route and then toss it to Fastos. I'm maybe? sure in like the pitch meeting or whatever. Gosh, can you imagine? They're probably just like, look. So yeah. I know these characters in the comics. They have. So many powers each. Right. I think we should split them up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or else there'd be, un- there'd be an unstoppable force. <laughs> exactly. And it, would right. help, and it would help with storytelling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no sequel. They're not coming back. Yeah. They finished the movie. They're good. It's just like, like yeah, yeah, it's like it's 10 people or yeah. eight people who are just like the most powerful beings in yeah. the world. Yeah. And, and, like, and if you were to put that on screen, it'd be like, well... Where were they this whole time kind of right. thing, you know? It's yeah, just like, exactly. And yeah. In, an interesting thing about Bakari in the comics is that, like, their thing, quote-unquote, because, you know, every hero has a thing. Their thing wasn't necessarily that they were fast or a speedster. Like, Makari uh, chose... To, to work on being the fastest eternal. Oh, okay. So it was something that Makari just decided, okay, you know what? 
I'm going to be unique in this way and I'm going to be the fastest eternal that ever existed. And so that, I thought that was pretty cool. And you know, like I, I, I didn't say this, but like Growing up, you know, I, I knew them, but I didn't know each one as individuals. Yeah, so this sure. whole thing was a super learning process yeah. for me. I went back and I started reading the old ones, you know, from the get go. And it was just like, man, yeah, I get it now. Like they're kind of like a hidden treasure. And I get why Silver Age, car- um, you know, comic collectors like this group and mm-hmm. why if they saw the film and maybe didn't like it, I can understand, but also like it's such a great take on them that yeah. it's kind of like why why dislike it? But and like another thing on like Macari, like and she's played by a deaf actress. <laughs> this is a Macari yes. podcast now. Well, but I, what I love <laughs> like about her power that and why she's played by a deaf actress. Yeah. And like another one of her powers was mm-hmm. like obviously she's super fast, but then she has like this sonic boom that's yes. like you know, yes. and it's like. That makes sense that she's deaf. Yes, that's you know? exactly what I was gonna say. You know what next. I'm saying? Like, it's it yeah. it like, well, what if you if you do that? Doesn't that like blow out yeah. your ear? Wouldn't that affect it, your ear? Yeah. And it's like, well, now it's like it makes total sense. It makes sense. Yeah, because like if you're if someone else had and they had perfect hearing, like oh, yeah. they're doing this sonic boom. Mm-hmm. And that's like faster than like this. That's louder than this whatever. Yeah. Than the sound of whatever. Mm-hmm. Horrible at science. <laughs> but like, it's, it, it will blow your ears yeah. out. Yeah. So now that you have it, when you have it played by a deaf actress, mm-hmm. the storytelling and the character background just makes sense. Yeah. And like, she's amazing. She's powerful. She yeah. can do, she can go as fast as she can. Yeah. That exactly. she wants. Yeah. See, and that's the kind of exposition that needs not to be told. Exactly. And shown to you. And you hope people will get it. Right. You know? Exactly. Like, because yeah, it's true. Cause like, you know, and it's, it's the same as how you said, like the way that they present the powers of Makari and, and the sounds that they, they couple with what you're seeing. Yeah. You have your mind. I mean, most minds would generally put two and two together and be like, Oh, like that's, why wow. she, that's why she's able to have that power. Right. You know, like it's, it'd like, be, yeah, like it's just simple science. Hearing, yeah. Had that power. It, it, it'd be like, that's going to, it should affect Your you plugs. at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, because it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's her. It's yeah. like, it makes sense. It's very interesting. Um, so from there we'll go to Sprite who is, <laughs> who's portrayed by Leah McHugh. Um, and so in the film, we see Sprite has projection of lifelike illusions and, she, you know, she can create things and manifest them out of is essentially nothing. And she has the physical appearance of a 12 year old child. Um, you know, it's said that she, that Sprite is based on um, numerous sprites and tricks, tricksters from European mythology, um, which is, you know, of course, that's innocently true i mean yeah we see it in even in the ending credits artwork you know like there's a poster of houdini and there's a sprite on his shoulder like whispering in his ear and it's like oh yeah you know you you see you've seen this character in in um history throughout history and fiction and and what have you and the sprite in the comics um debuted uh in eternals number nine march 1977 um and you know it's it's interesting because there's a quip in the movie that um, includes Peter Pan, we won't say it because it's it's nice to hear it oh, in the film. Yeah. But in the books, um, apparently, it's it was said that um, Sprite appeared in history. Sprite appeared to um, an author named J. M. Barry and inspired him to write Peter Pan. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So. If you've seen the film, that should resonate with you in some way. If you haven't, then 
there's a little Easter egg for you. Her um, story is in the movie is pretty. It's yeah. It's pretty devastating. Yeah, it's great. Once, it we won't so say well like done. how, but it's, it's when you think yeah. about it and then you yeah. see it, you're like, oh, yeah, she's going through it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's you know what, and it just dawned on me without spoilers, without context. It reminds me of Interview the Vampire, Kirsten Dunst. Okay. Um, but in the books, slight age difference. Okay, 11, that, was, that was my next question. Eleven-year-old like, appearance. But I had, do have a pop quiz at the end of this, which is semi-related. <laughs> so that's why I'm avoiding certain particulars okay. about things. All um, right. So, uh, but yeah, so Sprite is is quite um, similar in the books. Illusionist. Oh, so 11, 11 in the books? 11, 11, 11 versus 12, yeah. Okay. So more of a young. child, but, you know, like, not quite a tween. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that a Britney Spears song? <laughs> God, I hate me. I'm not a child. Oh, <laughs> it is not yet a woman. Not. <laughs> oh, it is. Wow. <laughs> I'm good. Oh, my God. I seeded that one. Oh, <laughs> free Britney. Oh. She's yeah, free. she's free. Uh, and so, um, how about a little Kingo? So, uh, our boy Kingo, love portrayed by none other than Kumail Nanjiani, Nanji Nanjiani, Nanjiani. Um, and so, <laughs> Kingo's very cool as well. It's another thing where you see it in the trailers. He can do the little pointy gun finger thingy. If you look closely, you see what the cosmic powers like essentially like uh, manifesting through his veins yeah. and he can just pew, pew, and he super does the Hadoukens yeah. and Dragon Ball Z, you know, explosions. So cool. So like, cool. Wow. Yeah. I so the Asian guy did the Dragon Ball Z I thing, know. huh? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Cosmic energy projectiles from his hands. He's obviously a Bollywood star because yes. Um, and I was listening to the, so I was telling Jeff before the show to kind of like get into the vibe. I was, I finally listened to the eternal soundtrack on its own, you know, you know, after seeing the film, uh, so many times and they have the song, they have the song that they, play. they have the Bollywood song on the soundtrack. Ah, uh, it's exquisite. That woman's voice is incredible. Yeah. Um, is he a Bollywood star in the comics as well? We're going to get into okay. that. So, um, before we before we jump into that, yes. this good stuff. Oh man, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but and so uh, MCU Kingo is said to be potentially based off of Kingu from Babylonian mythology. See, they're oh, jumping all across the globe. Every single piece. Not of mythology. yeah, and not just like and and again, it's like something I appreciate that they're not only taking from Roman, they're not only taking from Greek, Greek yeah. but they're going all around to Macedonia, know. I Babylonia. Know much about that. Much mythology. Yeah, um, I used to be in mythology nut when I was little. Uh, okay. I loved it because of my namesake. My dad was like, uh, "Oh, you're named after Princess Diana and Diana, goddess of the hunt." And I was like, <gasps> "And then boom!" It and just, then boom! It just, it just like launched oh, yeah. you into a wormhole. Oh yeah, just <laughs> over. over. <laughs> and so, um, so you know, potentially, you know, King King Go is potentially based off of King Gu, who um, in Babylonian mythology received great power from a uh, an armor breastplate and then eventually perished, but his blood then helped create the first humans. Interesting. Yeah. I don't, That's I don't like Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve stuff. Very right Adam and Eve. Yeah. Very Adam and Eve. I don't, I personally don't quite see that correlation with this version of the character. Yeah. But it's a good assumption. Eh, King, sure. King Goo. Okay, yeah. cool. And, and so in the books, 
Kingo Sunen. Okay. Debuted in Eternals number 11, May 1977. Hailed from the Japanese prefecture of Hokkaido. Japanese. He's Japanese in the comic books. Whoa. Yeah, which is a far cry. Well, not so not, far. Yeah, but, but he's just, he's not. It, it's a switch. A it's little a, bit. It's a switch. It's for sure a switch. And so to answer your question, he is not a Bollywood star in the comic books. Interesting. Yeah, but he does have similar attributes to Kingo's story in MCU. Cool. Being that he's a film star, well, <laughs> so it's like in a Japanese yeah, yeah. equivalent. And his powers are like the rest of the comic book versions with all the cosmic, all that stuff. However, this, the comic book version of Kingo, he, let's see, Kingo versus Kingo. Yeah. Um, he prefers to practice, f- practice fighting as a samurai. And so he uses Daisho, which are Katana and yeah. Wazakashi. Uh-huh. So he, so like Makari, they have these powers, they can do these things, but they're like, I choose to do this. Interesting. Yeah, he's got a very, 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 like, it's super cool. This is a super cool background for him. And I didn't expect that. Like, I've seen, I've seen Kingo before, but it didn't occur to me that it was the, that the historical background, that the, 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 you know, tr- tradition of that character was just a completely different culture. Yeah. Which is like super cool. That's, that's super cool. Yeah. And it's like the way that they went, it's like, wow, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, again, of the times, like maybe maybe in the seventies, Japanese culture was so it was it was kind of like a new venture in this way to 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 kind of explore it in a superhero term. Mm-hmm. Whereas in modern day, like we don't we haven't seen very many, you know, of the other Asian countries yeah. superheroes. And like Kumail is a superhero, that's like that's crazy. So to bring yeah. like the, the culture and and just the dialogue of that into the MCU the way they did. I think they did it great. I mean, it just works. Yeah, it worked, yeah, right? It like, worked. you would never think. Like, they it's just completely changed too. it. Yeah, he's great. Oh, he's so good. Um, and then we have Ajak, who is portrayed by Salma Hayek. Um, and so in the MCU is the healer, the bridge between Eternals and C- Celestials, um, and is said to be based on Ajax of Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Who is said to be Ajax the Great of Homer, Homer's uh, Iliad? Okay. So that's another deep dive into Greek mythology, but essentially very strong, a very strong character. Um, and in the comics, Ajax debuted in Eternals number two, August 1976. And <laughs> I love these little nitty gritty details that they give some of these characters because to see the MCU like equivalent. Uh-huh. Makes it more fun. So Ajak in the comics uh, was an archaeologist, um, strength and brawn, um, second comparable second to Achilles. Yeah, interesting. So that's strong, and so it's it's kind of like thinking, okay, well they took brute strength and changed it into just like a feminine sort of like strong, able-bodied, independent strong mm-hmm. of like character yeah like they just transfixed it a bit you know yeah um and then uh again same powers the the telekinesis telep- telepathy the cosmic His stuff team. yeah unstoppable plus them pl- <laughs> yeah plus the molecular manipulation so only a couple of them got that Still the transmutation though. right but in the in the books ajak 
can rearrange molecules of mass up to 990 pounds. Okay. 450 kilograms. The period of manipulation lasting up to a minute. So. Ah. Okay. Yes. Which is something we kind of see in the film, but from Circe. Circe. Yes. So again. They're doing the thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because all, <laughs> all AJ can do in the movie yeah. is she she's a leader. She's a leader. Like, emotional yeah. leader. Yeah. She's kind of guiding everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, she mm-hmm. instills everybody's kind of, like, confidence and, you know, mm-hmm. like, this is who you type of, who you are type of thing. Mm-hmm. But she's also the healer yeah. of, like, mm-hmm. of everybody. Right. So... Yeah, that's crazy. And so it's 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 kind of like you wonder. Okay, well, if Ajax in the comics can arra- rearrange the molecules and such, would that be? Does that kind of equivalent of like healing? healing yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe in a way. Yeah. So that's that's an interesting little uh, you know comparison there. And then we have Thena. <laughs> I was like, how many do we have left? Oh, we have this many. And then like, uh, you, yeah. you mentioned someone that I wasn't thinking of. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So right. we're getting into them, man. Um, Thena, your girl. Thena, my girl, my queen, uh, of course, portrayed by Angelina Jolie. Um, and she's presented as an elite warrior, which is very obvious um, in the trailer. You know, immediately got some like Gamora vibes. I was like, oh, it's like Gamora, but not because, you know, just the swords play and, and uh, just the way she moves is very graceful. And yeah, um, maybe she's far more grace- graceful than Gamora even. But, you know, she's got weapons forged of the cosmic energy and Easily said she's based off of Athena of Greek mythology, the goddess of wisdom and war. Um, and so for to do a little back, a quick little nugget on Athena um, in Greek mythology, she was born of Zeus's skull and thus possesses boundless knowledge. Though she can be aggressive, she also rules over peace and handcrafts. So she's handy. Well, um, well, yeah. Which... Is very much how Thena is in, in the, movie. the movie. Yeah, yeah. she crafts her own her own weapons out of cosmic power. Um, so that's pretty awesome. I can't believe it. I still can't believe they got Angelina Jolie. <laughs> when they announced, because I was at D twenty three when they brought them all out, and I was like, they got Salma Hayek and Angelina Jolie, and. <laughs> People just, have to realize, like, incredible. like listeners, you have to realize, like, you, like how hard that is. I just to get those tentpole yeah, of an actor, yeah, of actors to be in a in a comic and an, movie and an ensemble. Yeah, like I feel like, yeah, right. Definitely the the bartering, the bartering that used yeah. to happen was like, oh, we'll give you a solo film. You'll get a three film it's, deal. Yeah, it's You'll hard. Top billing each time. It's it's hard because there are some actors who feel like, yeah. like, oh, if I'm part of an ensemble mm-hmm. like how much time am i gonna get on screen right. like how, how important am yeah. i gonna, you know some actors really want to feel important exactly and i think when you watch the movie i can happily say every single character yeah is important and they get great representation representation they yeah. get great time on screen yeah. everyone, you feel like everyone has a role and they're right. not just in the background exactly at any time exactly and you know fun fun fact about angie is that i i briefly read somewhere in in one of her um i briefly read somewhere in one of her interviews that when she was first approached about the film she was like oh yeah sure and she thought that the role was a tiny role <laughs> She oh, thought really? she she thought she wasn't gonna be in it much at all. 
She thought she was going to be in it for like 10 minutes, yeah. maybe 20. And it ended which is, up... Which is, a, which is technically a lot of screen time. It's a lot of screen time, yeah. yeah. So whatever the smallest version is, she thought she was getting that. And I was like, first of all, honey, do you know who you are? <laughs> <laughs> and then second, like, it's completely not that at all. And even though, you know, it's very clear that the... Um, well, maybe it's not so clear, but you know the the, the kind of the tent poles of the film, the, the lead characters, if you w- if you will, are Icarus and and Cersei. Mm-hmm. She still has a prominent role in yeah. the film. And she kind of has her own side story yeah, she's, going yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Which I want to talk about this after we discuss all the characters. <laughs> and then I want to talk about all the little mm-hmm. small relationships yeah. and friendships yeah. each Eternal has. Yeah. But we'll talk about that after For sure. we discuss every single character. So so very much like Makari, Thena has gone through some iterations in the comic books. And so she uh, uh, first debuted as Minerva. Um, in Red Raven Comics number one, no. August 1940, with Makari as Mercury. Oh so they, they started out as these very mythological, um, you know, characters. Isn't Minerva the character that Gemma Chan played? <laughs> See, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but no, because that's different. It's a totally it's different, a different character. Okay. And even the spelling is different. Ah. They pulled the hyphenated. Ah. <laughs> So Minerva is is Thena, and then Minerva, <laughs> with two N's, is Gemma Chan in Captain Ugh. Marvel. Um, and so, uh, you know, Thena jumped from Minerva to Thena in Eternals number five, November 1976, then Corona in Apocalypse Now number one, February 2000. Jeez. Um, so... Comic book version of Athena in history, of course, again, based off of Athena, the Olympian goddess of wisdom and war. Mm-hmm. And then again, same powers, same telepathy, same cosmic everything, plus teleportation and flight. I mean, it's a, it's a broken record at this point. <laughs> it's like Kirby was like, all right, I'm going to give you this pack of Oreos. This is the Eternals as 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 they are, they're all the same, and they're all double stuffed. <laughs> and they're all double, <laughs> <laughs> but they're awesome, d- delicious. America's hey, favorite I love, cookie. I love Oreos. Heck yeah! There hasn't been an Oreo That's that I don't saying. like in a double stuffed. Exactly, so, exactly. It's basically, the King Kirby did well. We are king and queen of analogies on this show, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. so good so good and so you know to your to what you had just said about the relationships and 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 such we'll get into that a little later but Thena also has a very interesting relationship that we'll discuss um in the in the books in the books oh okay yeah uh so that brings us to speaking of Icarus. Okay. Which, by the way, I said Icarus in another episode. I'm so sorry. Uh, it was totally Icarus. Yeah. Portrayed by Richard Madden. I just love that we got two Starks <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in, in the, one movie. I, with many other Game of Thrones fans, were just like, wait, did they just... <gasps> they did. And Jon Snow was my favorite. So, and, and then Rob Stark was my second favorite. So I was just oh. like... <laughs> I'm good. Well, you guys are yeah. great in that show. Yeah. <laughs> Join this movie. Join this movie. <laughs> yes, my gosh. And you know, well, I'll get into that later. But so I- Icarus himself, like you said, in the you see it in the trailer. You know, short version. He's Superman. Superman yes. Um, <laughs> which I don't agree with. There could be two kinds of the same kind of character. It's not necessarily Superman, but True. I'm going to eat my words in a few minutes. Um, flight, cosmic energy, beams from his eyes. Based clearly on Icarus 
of Greek mythology with the obvious anal- analogies in the film, wings, etc. And so from Wikipedia, Chloe Zhao is quoted to have even said her take on Icarus was directly influenced by Zack Snyder's interpretation of Superman in Man of Steel 2013. She said that. She literally said that. Saying it left a strong impression on her for its very authentic and very real approach, which I was like, huh, okay. See, and I bet you all the fanboys that are comparing them don't, don't know that. And it's like, well, okay, if it's similar, well, it's because she was so influenced and inspired and by look, that. Man of Steel was yeah. a great film. I don't care what anybody says. Agreed. I feel like one of 20 people who like that movie. I enjoyed it. I thought the storytelling and the, char- yeah. and the character of Clark Kent yeah. in that movie was amazing. I was like, oh, and also, is this what the DCEU is about to look like with Zack Schneider? Also, Lumberjack Clark. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Just... Very Logan vibes. Justice for Zack Schneider. All right. <laughs> but like, I enjoyed it too. I, I think at, at the end, like quick segue, at the end it kind of got a little crazy because the CG went nuts. Sure, of course. But the movie is great. But the heart was there. Yeah. That last fight between like him and General Zod yes. and, and Superman being like, I'm not a killer. Yeah. But you are pushing it, buddy. <laughs> like that, yeah. that like yeah. that con- self-inflicted conflict mm-hmm. is enough of like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Even though the you humanity. know. Even though you, yeah, the humanity of the character, even mm-hmm. though you know Superman's like the most like unreal, powerful, mm-hmm. like superhero. The, the triple stuffed Oreo. There's, yeah. <laughs> there's still some human in it. Enough, yeah. to, enough for you to relate to. Yeah. So. Yeah. And yeah. I, and that's why I, I'll keep saying it. As long as he's there, they're sleeping on him. They're sleeping on him. Like, come on, give give him give the man some some material. Or or you know, Marvel can just bring him in as Captain Britain. I, know you've been I that. want Captain Britain. <laughs> <laughs> I love all these weird characters that people don't necessarily gravitate to, and Captain Britain is one of them. Yeah. Again, quick thing: he's Psylocke's brother. He's a twin. He's Captain America, but Britain. And he's, he likes tea and he's in Excalibur. So. Yeah. <laughs> but see, in Excalibur, the uh, team Excalibur, which is like this, the Eternals can directly correlate to Excalibur. If we really, really wanted it to. I mean, we'll see. It sure could. But yes, I do get <laughs> yeah. Zack Snyder, yeah. Superman vibes. Right. From for real. Race. And that's okay. And it's, and it's fine. Like yeah. what's wrong with that? Yeah. That's okay. You know, and they even make Superman jokes. In the film, yeah. So it's all good. And I, but you know, I will say like, like, like Macari, I, I like, I don't know what they did differently or what they didn't do, but the way that they treated Icarus and his powers, there's something about the way he flies in this film that's different. It's so smooth. And uh, it, I don't know if that's Richard Madden <laughs> or if it's just something that they're doing with the way that they, they do the production. Maybe. But he just, like, it was, like, so seamless to me. I don't I mean, know what it was. Maybe it's, yeah, maybe they have him on on, on a harness. Yeah. And then it's, it's smooth enough so then they can just segue into full CG. I and guess so. Like, Oof, he was but good. But like we said, we did it with, they did it amazing with Macari. Yeah, yeah. So they got to do it well. With, yeah. You know, with Icarus flying. I can't wait to see the, uh, the assembled for this, oh, for this film. Oh, I'm so excited <laughs> for that. I love those. Yeah. Oh, they're so good. Um, so uh, Icarus in the um, books, Eternals number one, July 1976. Fun fact for you. 
Icarus was the only Eternal from this film featured in that issue. Ah. So the rest of them, they don't, not they're even. not even in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just him. And fun secondary fun fact for you, like Phil Stoss, uh-huh. Icarus also had a... Oh, <laughs> Icarus. Yeah. What is it? What is it, Jeff? Give me your best. Give me your best Ike assumption. Ike. <laughs> Ike. It is. Yes. And it wasn't even a pop quiz question. Ike Harris. Yeah. So in the uh, in the issue, <laughs> his name is Ike Harris. Got oh my it. gosh, yes. <laughs> oh, you're so good. Sheesh. So yeah, uh, like like the MCU, very much based off of Icarus uh, from history. Um, in, in, in <laughs> I can't get over this. Oh my God, Icarus. Yes. Icarus strikes again. <laughs> um, you know, uh, it, you know, like uh, he's truly one of the most powerful Eternals. Second only to the aforementioned um, Eternal I mentioned at the top of the show, Zurus, um, who, That's by right, the yeah. way, is Thena's father in the books. So that makes him... <laughs> no, think of the Eternals family tree now. That, thing, that makes him yeah. Thanos' uncle? Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> which we're going to get into yes, a little later. 100%. Um, but, but yeah, so Zerus is Athena's father. And um, so it's said that Zerus is essentially the, uh, the Marvel equivalent of Zeus, who is Athena's uh, father. Geez. So there you yeah. go. There's your comparison for that. <laughs> <laughs> and then once again, the double stuffed Oreo has all those powers. But on top of that, on top of the stuff that we've already mentioned, he has regeneration, teleportation, etc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're they're like they're so powerful, <laughs> like you can't even fathom. And I feel like that's that's the reason why they weren't so mainstream for quite a while, just because it's like, how do you keep? What do you do with pa- with characters yeah, that are I so mean, invincible? They kind of win ten, and they don't times. die. Yeah. They re- they re- they're reborn yeah, each and every mom. time. So now we have a pop quiz, <laughs> an actual pop quiz. Okay, and these are gonna come back to back. There's two in a row, but but I have you know we have one more character to talk about. So so do. she's gonna have she's gonna be your buffer. But <sighs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Speaking of Icarus, yes, Jeffrey, yes. At what speed does Icarus fly? Miles per hour, multiple choice. Okay. Cool. Is it two hundred miles per hour? Okay. 850 miles per hour. Jesus. 669,600,000. Damn it, die. What the hell? You know me, bro. You know how I do. I gotta give you an easy number, and then I gotta give you 669,600,000 or 490 miles per hour. Go. <laughs> Let Icarus lead the way. <laughs> like, I want to say 669. <laughs> 669,600,000. That's so fast. It's very fast. No f- 
that's a real speed. I mean, subconsciously, maybe I was planting that because, like, now you're going to throw me off for like these other numbers, which are the are the three most realistic numbers. Speaking of, like, how smooth he yeah, I was like, I was like, two hundred, cool, eight hundred, okay. 669 million. I was like, okay, where? where, where 669 million, 600,000. Okay. And the last one was? 490. 490. What's, this, what's the speed of sound, right? Like, there, there's no way they can. Oh, God. I'm going with. That's pretty fast, though. Because a, a plane goes like 300, I think, miles an hour. Mm. But sometimes they're not smooth rides. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no. Turbulence. Oh God. Sucks. Yep. Uh, but he flies fast. Mm -hmm. After when seeing the film, I'm like, where the, where the hell did he come from? Mm -hmm. I will say six hundred. Whatever the fourth choice. The fourth choice. Four ninety. Four ninety. Sorry, sorry. So four ninety. Yes. He was looking me dead in the eyes, like trying to read me <laughs> just now. Yes. Four ninety. Final answer. Because 800 seems... Final so answer, 490. 490. Okay, 490. okay. Well, Jeffrey, oh, I will clarify first and foremost that 600, 669,600,000 is the speed of light. So that is not the correct answer. Okay. But Icarus flies at... <laughs> 850 miles. Damn it! <laughs> ah! So he's very, very fast. That's he's fast. very, 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 very ah. fast. Um, so yes, unfortunately, you failed. Whatever. I care. <laughs> you got Icarus. That Don't alone, care. that alone, you you won. You won. Don't you care. won. We're good. <laughs> it's just uphill from here. And I have no knowledge of that at all. <laughs> That's I, incredible. I literally guess. <laughs> Icarus. Okay. Ah. Uh, and then that leaves us with Sassy. Sassy. Oh, baby girl. <laughs> Gemma mm. Chan. Uh, mm. Portrayed by Gemma Chan. Um, AKA Jeffrey's wifey. <sighs> Who's number one in your book right now? As in like just MCU? In fictional, not even fictional, in your non-realistic female relationships. Who's number one? <laughs> 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 I have to say that because Sam is clearly number one. Sam, it's not Zendaya. It's you, I promise. Oh, man. But who is it? You've got a lot. He's standing a lot of women. We're, 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 we're talking about this earlier. Are we talking about just like, celebra like celebrities? No, Marvel. Marvel, Marvel ladies. Oh, You're Marvel oh, ladies. Oh, oh, oh. I think. I think. Oh. Oh. man. I, I mean, good I, luck with that one, buddy. I think Wanda's still there. Really? I think Elizabeth <gasps> Olsen is still there. I mean, I can't blame you. Look uh, at her. I mean, because I think it's because the like the first Disney Plus series, yes. Marvel, yeah. and like the way just her, you know just the, the way character. she just stemmed out, yeah. and her growth, yeah, her power. Okay, okay, I was fair enough. Like, but 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 see, the rest of them, they're all new. Yelena is new. Yes. Cersei is new. Kate is new. Laura uh, Macari is new. So but of I, the newbies, of the newbies yeah, of the that newbies. you weren't, that you don't have history of, you've had years with with 
That's Scarlet true. Witch. I have, I have had ears. You've, you've gotten to bond with her. Me and her have baited for a while now. <laughs> um. Exactly. So it's oh, so the nudist, see? Well, the thing, here's the thing about Gemma. We've talked about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Her elegance. Yes. Like what she brings, not just her as a person, but the elegance that she brings. Her voice is just oozing. So great. Just like... Like elegance, mm-hmm. um, grace. grace. Yes. Like even I, I, my first was introduced to her in Crazy Rich Asians. So yes. I was like, I who is? I was like, oh everybody. My God. Yeah. She was. Yeah. I remember before I I had even seen the film. You know, a friend of mine at the time was like, "Have you seen Crazy Rich Asians?" And I was like, "No, I haven't seen it yet." And, and she was like, "Watch it, and I promise you, you're gonna fall in love with." I forgot her name in the movie, but she's like, "You're gonna fall in love with." The, the character that Gemma Chan plays. And I was like, why? Like, I thought immediately, like, my superhero, like, you know, yeah. like, uh, crazy, yeah. you know, movie, action movie brain was like, ooh, is, is she scandalous? Like, no. I thought, but she just ended up having oh such a God. presence about her. Yeah. And I was like... Super simple, super subtle. Yes. Just, but, like... Yeah. When she walks into a room, mm-hmm. it's her. Yeah. And I'm like... So, like, every time when she... When I saw that even on screen when she's mm-hmm. playing Cersei, mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, it just it just oozes off of her. Yeah. But obviously every character has that, you know, that sense. Like, but it's, it's different for mm-hmm. each person, you know? Like, yeah. obviously Angie has, like... You can just tell. She drips this, like, yeah. different, different, just different, like, aura. Same thing with Makari. Same thing with Sprite, you mm-hmm. know? And Sema High. Mm-hmm. But... So, like her J- Gemma's voice for me, mm-hmm. like her her stature, I'm like, ah. <laughs> but I think Makari's a hard <laughs> second, I mean, second or third. Just wonderful women, yeah, portraying I just, I amazing love Yelena characters, too, yeah, yeah. Because I love her goofiness and like, yeah. everything, yeah. But yeah, like, but so Cersei, Cersei is wifey, so. Cersei. Yeah, but after watching the movie, also Makari's <laughs> definitely probably top right? three of like, of, like all these, this new. I love uh, Marvel her so much. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Um, so, yes, Gemma Chan, portrayed by Gemma Chan. Um, in the film, uh, like we briefly mentioned, manipulates and transforms matter through physical contact, so which is basically called transmutation. Um, she is a museum curator at NHM London, which I'm very salty about. I was like, man. That's our cousin. Like, <laughs> like, so So for listeners who aren't aware, I work at a natural history museum. It is not London. We're not affiliated, but I like to call them my cousin across the pond. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. And so like the minute they showed the front, I was like, oh, the social media people are probably having a field day right now. <laughs> like, oh, this is so cool. Um, jealous for all the right reasons, I promise. Um and it's said that, that Circe, the character, is based on Circe, spelled C-I-R-C-E, okay. of Greek mythology, a powerful sorceress who can transform humans into animals through combination of magic and drugs. <laughs> Whoa, that's <laughs> interesting. It's an interesting derivative. Yeah. I see the similarities a little bit. Um, the drugs part threw me off. Yeah, I know. I was like, drugs? I was like, wow. I'm assuming they mean like, you know, like of the time drugs. Sure. Like we're talking about like, you know, like yeah. Wolfsbane and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Toad. Psychedelics, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Psychedelics, I, 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 yeah. I was going towards. Right, right. Um, and, and, you know, versus the comic book version, um, as Cirrus uh, debuted in Strange Tales number 109, June 1963, same year as the X-Men. No, Spider-Man. 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 X-Men. 
Uh-huh. One of those. It's one of those. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's X-Men because I, you know how I remember that? I oh, this is so dumb. I remember that because C- Cyclops is six foot three. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is all I have to say about it. Same year as the X-Men. Um, and as Cersei uh, debuted in Eternals number three, mm-hmm. September 1976. So again, Icarus, only one that made it from the get-go. Yeah. And which is funny because then, like I said, she Cersei kind of eclipsed him in, in popularity. Um, but the comic book version of Cersei, again, same powers as the rest. But the focus with her is the transmutation, yeah. including sentient beings. And in addition to that, is also multilingual, a fashion designer, and a great dancer. Huh. Which they kind of cover, all of those they kind of cover oh, in yeah, the film. Oh, yeah, the dancing thing. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, that's nice. And th- that, of course, was not a spoiler. It's just a simple observation. If you're watching the film, you will see yeah. these facets of the character. And again, it's like really nice that they've taken these things from the books and, and just kind of softly put them in. And they seem very organic. But then you get like, oh, she speaks multiple languages. She she's does. a great dresser, and she's a dancer. Oh, sick. Um, and of course, you know, comparatively, they, they also took many, like, many visuals from the, fil- the comic books and adapted them into the film. So, like, some of the, and you'll see it in, in issue number one, like, some of the artifacts that they show in the credits, oh, you know, okay. just, just, just for show, nothing, nothing really pertinent. They're pulled from direct artwork of the, nice. the issues. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and we received uh, listener questions about this team. Now that we've talked about each and every one of them know, in some capacity, a it's a lot of a lot a lot of uh, team member factoids for you there. Um, so <laughs> our favorite listener, Ariel Team. No, I'm kidding. Everybody's our favorite listener. <laughs> I love every single one of you. No. <laughs> <laughs> but Ariel is very, very vocal. Thank you, Ariel. We do love you. Um, she asked, did you have a favorite character prior to seeing and didn't change after viewing? And so we just kind of touched on that. Yeah. Again, I went in, for me, I went in being like, Angelina Jolie, yes. I don't care who she's playing. She's going to be my favorite. And speaking of, when she was first cast, I remember, along with the rest of the world, thought she was cast as Cersei because uh, Cersei was such a prominent character. Uh, Didn't even think to think, oh, maybe she's playing another character. Um, but she ended up being Thena, and I was like, I'm going to like Thena. And then <laughs> uh, Kit Harrington came along, and I was like, oh, I'm going to like Kit because I like Kit too. And then everybody <laughs> came in, and then Gemma Chan, Chan came in, I and know, I was, I was like, like, oh, yeah. no, <laughs> they're all great. So to answer that question, I mean, after watching it, it did change. It changed for me. I liked I liked Gemma a little more than I thought I was going to. I loved Angie just as much. I loved everybody in every single character. I loved them all. But Makari yes, took he, it yes. home for me. That is something me and I both agree on. Yeah. We, when we walked out of the theater, we were like, I was like, Makari. I was like, I think I like Makari a lot. And Dad was like, yes. Yes. So I was like, sick. So good. And it's, again, it's like you said, it's the way that Lauren Ridloff portrays the character and lets you get a sense of who that character is through her 
her way. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I mean, I love every, mm-hmm. I love every, all the actors I play, but yeah. I came out appreciating more Makari, Druid, and Faustus. Yeah, right. And I was like, yeah. these are such great characters. They're mm-hmm. played by great actors, mm-hmm. and they're just sold. Yeah, yeah, so so well too. And then you know, after the second time, Druid started to come up a bit, just because I feel like Druid gave off and you know like while doing my research for this episode i came upon older articles from 2019 you know like just after they had gotten uh, cast and such and people were like they they took a very it was really interesting to see it unravel when people made started to make their predictions about how the movie was going to be and how it was going to go yeah. yeah and with so much like no, this is this is how of it's going to be. And it's like, no, uh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Sure. And it completely didn't end up that way. But old articles were like, Druig is going to be the villain of this this movie. And I was like, looking at it now, I was like, what? No, not even close. Not even close. No, and yeah. I feel like it's built on the perception of like, oh, he's a darker character. He wears yeah. black and red. And, yeah. and it's just like not even it's not even true at all. Like, of course, he again, they have these conflicts within each other and yeah. in themselves. But I feel like Druig was one of probably perhaps one of the most grounded characters yeah of this lot i can agree right i agree and i think that's what yeah. also helps with his connection with makari yeah and, and if you haven't seen the movie when you do you'll 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 understand yeah why. and i just think they're so good so good um <laughs> and then a follow-up question from andrew who is another one of our mvps um <laughs> what we got when i first read this question i just like immediately started laughing <laughs> who is your least favorite and why is it icarus <laughs> <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I mean it's, Damn it. you can't answer it without saying too much about the film for spoiler reasons we cannot we can't fully legally answer that <laughs> <laughs> exactly so we're not gonna spoil that for anybody but i just thought it was worth saying and i don't know i mean but you know an easy way to answer that is very simply we've seen that superhero power wise we've seen that superhero yes not that it makes him boring not that it takes away from his character at all but he is if we're gonna say everybody's awesome yeah he is kind of my least favorite so we've seen like you said we've seen that type of superhero before yeah but it's his stance and characteristics yeah. and way of thinking right. is what's incredibly different. Yes. And a total step to the left. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Yeah. It's wild, right? Like, it's just one of those things that you think, again, it's like, it's like Druig. You think you have an idea of what this uh-huh. character is going to be. And then you watch it. You're like, you're like, oh, and you're like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two different ways of thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And so, which is like totally fine. Yeah. But yeah, I still love Icarus. I think Icarus He's is great. Like, I think Richard was, Madden portrayed him oh, pretty well. I, I'd love Richard Madden so much. He's <laughs> <laughs> so good. And I love the little stripe in his hair. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, <laughs> it's funny. So on the, on the, the totem pole of least to favorite. This is like a I favorite mean, child question. Who's it is, really yeah. is. And, and honestly, Icarus for me is kind of in the middle, actually. I think he's, yeah, he's probably in the middle. 
It's so have, hard. I don't know if I have a least favorite. It really is hard. I feel like if, even if I would say like, let's say I say. It's like a tiering system. Yeah, let's say if I say, even if, even if I said Kinga, I'll just yeah. come off as racist. <laughs> oh, no. But I, but I, but yeah. I love Kinga. Yeah, I, I exactly. Love, like, yeah. And even then that love is still like 900,000%. Yeah. It's just yeah. that when everybody is at a million, it's like, how do you, how do you level? Okay. I think I'll probably say, I mean, yeah. I hate copying out, but I hate like. I, I don't. I don't want to say least. Okay. Yeah. You know. That's I, not I the don't verbiage. Say least. Right. But it's just like. But then once you see the movie, you understand. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would probably say on the lowest of you know of the total of the high total pole. Mm -hmm. I'd probably say Sprite. Mm, really. Yeah. Interesting. Just because the conflict that ensued. Yeah. And it's like. Yeah. But then again, it's out of her hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, there's, yeah. This, there's this internal conflict. Yeah. That she, she Sprite's can't, internal conflict. That yeah. she can't control. Yeah. And it sucks if you really feel for her. Yeah. You're like, ah, yeah. I'm so sorry that you weren't able yeah. to have that opportunity. Right. But you got to think bigger picture. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd probably it's, go with Sprite. It's really, it's not even nearly as, I mean, not that it's easy, but it's not easy quote-unquote like it would be to be like who's your favorite avenger like of the six like yeah. you could be like captain america or iron man and, or, or iron, iron man, man. Yeah. and you're like oh even them they're kind of the same but you already know like hulk or you know i was gonna say the archer <laughs> Hawk, Hawkeye, Hawkeye, uh, or perhaps at the bottom whereas yeah. for me i'm like Hawkeye. yeah <laughs> Hawkeye's my favorite um and you know so it's, it's different for everybody and yeah i don't know i don't know that i could Name yeah. a least favorite. I feel like it's more like Cersei, Thena, and Dane were my top tier. And yeah. then my mid tier were Makari, Druig, Icarus, and then, and kind of Kingo, and a little, see? And then I see, I start yeah, going yeah, in, yeah, like yeah. a little bit of, now, like, oh, it's, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I, exactly. I care. It's tough. Yeah. So, sorry, Andrew. <laughs> we like Icarus. <laughs> uh, so, are you ready for your pop quiz? Crap. <laughs> this one's a doozy. Ay, 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 because, <laughs> because you also get a bonus pop question, but quiz question, okay. pop quiz question, question. Let's do it. All right. <clears throat> in the spirit of gender equality, there have been a few character gender swaps in the MCU. Which of the Eternals on this version of the team oh. were originally male? Ajax. In the comic. I know Ajak was supposed to be a man. All right, Ajak. I know that. There's two more. Ah! We actually name all of them? Damn, I thought I had them in the bag. <laughs> I know, I know, because like Sal Salma, Salma always talks about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So. I know, I remember that interview too. I remember she was like, oh, I heard it was a male character in the comics and, and now it's a girl. Yeah. yeah. I, like, okay. <laughs> I love Salma so, so much. Ajak? Yeah. Okay. Are they all, it was, it was men first and not, and then it's, Correct. Okay. They have been gender swapped, okay. if you so will. So at least we can, you know, some deducing a little yeah. bit. Yeah, Okay. Oh, is it? No. I'm literally, I'm looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> literally looking yeah. at it. <laughs> I was about to say. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> seriously staring at you. I was, I was about to say, I was like, wait, yeah. oh, wait, not yeah. everybody. Seriously's here. <laughs> I can deduce that. Mm -hmm. So that leaves Sprite. Makari, mm -hmm. Thena. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it can't be Thena. 
This is based off the goddess Athena. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, we're going Makari. Okay. And then so Ajax Makari. Mm hmm. Is just Sprite? Oh, yeah, it might be Sprite. Or it could just be those two. You said three. No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, I'm tripping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So then it's, oh, Sprite and Makari. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. Okay, Sprite or Ajax. <laughs> He's thinking. It's, it's tough. Yeah. Illusions. I mean, they're both like. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's not like they're both gender specific. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's the beauty of these characters. Yeah, also, is that right. you know, you even if you had never known who was. Uh, who had a particular gender in the film, it, it almost, it versus the comics, it almost doesn't matter because it doesn't change. It doesn't matter. As long as they yeah. portray the character with the right exactly. amount of heart. And, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Ajak and... Ajak Makari and... So there is a third one? I don't know, is there? Oh, no. <laughs> Come on, Jeff. Ah, yeah, yeah. I want Either that. final answer or one more uh, guess. I do want to... You do, I think, mm, mm. Wow, you were very smart to like lead that stuff out of the, <laughs> when you display the characters. <laughs> I say Ajax and Makari. Those That's two. it? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you had guessed Sprite, you would have been 100%. Oh my God. <laughs> because I, 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 reason I, <clears throat> le I left out Sprite. Yeah. Cause it is it the Peter Pan thing? Yes. Uh, I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. So 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 in the comics, Makari is male, Ajak is male, yes. as is Sprite. So ah, Sprite was a little boy. Little boy. Yeah, and it's kind of like you, you know, not to not to generalize, but that's kind of where the look of Sprite in the MCU was adopted from in the first place with the short hair, and they didn't. It wasn't like an effeminate uh, character, and it wasn't. It, it was kind of gender neutral, to be all honest. For being, if yeah, if you want. Yeah, to go, it's yeah. very gender neutral, which is like pretty cool, especially for an illusionist. Um, but yeah, so those three characters were male, of male gender before before be, you know being um, swapped for for females. I'll take it. Yeah, it's great. But, like I said, there's a bonus. Oh, that's right. A redemption round. Damn. So so on the heels of that, can you name... One, two, three. I'll give you a number. Oh can you God. name four, the only other four, mind you, other gender-swapped characters in the MCU? MCU. Come on, MCU boy. Let's go. What you are know. The, are, the, are these main characters? These... I can't tell you oh. that. <laughs> but, but they are prominent characters that had ample screen time. Okay. Mm -hmm. That were... And I will... That were just gender swapped. That were just gender swapped. Okay. And I will say one is from Netflix. Damn. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've been so easy on you lately. I know. Felt like this is, this these is... are hard. <laughs> Because I have to, like, turn <laughs> back the wheel and be like, well. Oh, my God. I can't even 
can't even think of a character. It's <laughs> messed up. Do you want me to at least give you the title of can the film? Can you give me like some like hints? Okay. Give me some some like you know Name process of deduction. One is from Captain Marvel. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to guess. I'm like, is that right? Is yes. That right? Guess. Guessing is better than not guessing at all. I want. It's like he leans into it and then he pulls himself back. <laughs> I want to say Marvel. Oh! <laughs> yes! Uh, yes! <laughs> so, Marvel is actually male in the books, the original Captain Marvel, and in the MCU is portrayed by Annette Benning, being the main villain, if you will. Oh. So, that was male character. Okay, okay next one Ant Man and the Wasp. Ooh. Oh, that's a tough one. There's quite a few people in that That's a tough one. Because <laughs> everyone has great, like, there's a great split. Yep. <laughs> you have hope. Adam joke there. Adam splitting. <laughs> but I'm Anyway, sorry. <laughs> you have hope. You have Janet. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have Hank. Scott. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. This is tough. Ah. Uh, Louise, man. <laughs> I can't. No? Look, you got Icarus. Icarus is keeping you afloat. You've won care. this episode. <laughs> um, Come on. On this yellow jacket? Yellow ah. jacket was in the first film. Oh, you said Ant-Man of the Wasp? Yes. I thought you Ant-Man. Oh, no, no. Okay. Ant-Man and the Ant-Man Wasp. of the Wasp. Movie specific. Okay. Ooh. Hey-ya. Okay. It might help you to know that... Ghost, portrayed by Hannah John Kamen. God damn. <laughs> so the main, the main. I couldn't even think of the <laughs> villain. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So Ghost is a guy in the comics as well. Okay. okay. This one, this one, you should, you sh- if I you don't get, do. if you don't get this one. Dude, I'm rested. The eye care thing really just kind of like. Doctor Strange. Threw me off, okay. <laughs> Doctor Strange. No. Oh, 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 okay. Wait, yeah, ancient one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize what I was doing until I was like, oh, it's too late. Um, But yes, the ancient one, portrayed by Tilda Swinton, was also male in the comics. Okay. And last but not least, from Jessica Jones. (laughs) Oh, great. 669 million, 600,000. God. All over again. (laughs) I don't it's been so long this since I've seen t- that show. I know, it's a tough one. Oh, then, you know what? I'm just going to go out and I'm going to say the baddie. Who's the baddie? No, 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 is it? Are you talking about Doctor Who? Yeah, no, yeah. True Grave? Yeah, I was. <laughs> but it's not, that's definitely not okay. true. Who and Jessica? Oh, it's been so long since I've seen the show. And there's not even that many characters in Jessica Jones. <laughs> it's messed up. <sighs> Her oh oh that the 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 blonde chick no the blonde chick Hellcat Hellcat obviously not on her mind we say Hellcat <laughs> you give up yet yeah okay Jerry Hogarth portrayed by Carrie Ann Moss. The, the lawyer? <sighs> lawyer? I guess lawyer? Yeah, the lawyer. Oh, the lawyer. The lawyer. The messed up lawyer. Yes. The, the lesbian. Yes. That was originally a male in yeah, the comics. I never got him. Yeah. 
Jerry, I loved the play on the name. They changed it from like the traditional Jerry to Jerry, J-E-R-I. So they've basically, you know, given the power to the women with all of these roles, which is kind of like awesome. Oh, yeah. Love it. I'm here for it. But yeah, no, you did pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) No, Marvel was a big one. I feel like people... Like they don't even it doesn't resonate with them that that is even Marvel. Yeah. And people, you know what I mean? And yeah. like for Annette Benning to be playing a character like it was gender swapped is kind of like an interesting concept. Yeah. But um yeah, like I, she's another name that I just didn't expect to see in the MCU. Let's be frank. Um but you know who I'm salty about? Not to go back to Dis- DC World. I was oh. going to say Disney World. <laughs> I can't believe that they have Hill, Helen Mering in uh, in Shazam 2. <laughs> I'm so jealous that they got <laughs> Helen Mirren. <laughs> I love Helen Mirren. She's oh my great. God, she's incredible. But we got Tilda Swinton and we got... Uh, 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 I know you're talking about... <laughs> Why am I like Kate Blanchett. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Kate Blanchett. Yes, winner. Stunner. Yeah. All right. All right. We're still not done with characters. I know. <laughs> Is it the last big, the big ones? Oh no. Oh, oh my God, <clears throat> no, we still have... So, oh, we still have... So, so to to kind of go back to the trading cards, we're gonna we're gonna sway and shimmy on over to celestials. Uh. So I'm for this one. I'm gonna read the card first before we get into them because, unlike the Eternals, we're not going to cover them all. <laughs> it would be impossible. Yo. But oh, yeah. but there are quite a few that actually have substantial comparisons in the MCU so far. Yeah. So we'll talk about them, but not all of them. Um, so from the card, uh, mm-hmm. by Impel, 1992, Marvel Universe, the Celestials. The ancient and unknowable race called the Celestials use their monumental godlike abilities to tamper with mankind's evolution, creating the benevolent superhuman species known as the Eternals and their dark, twisted brother race, the Deviants. What motivated the Celestials in their strange experiment is unknown, as are the consequences should they return to Earth to judge the results of their work. Wow. So, quite similar. Yeah. They created both. So, a very, a very good comparison, like a very short version of how to tier these characters. Celestials, God. Oh, yeah. Eternals? Angels, mm. deviants, demons. Uh, yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Sounds about right. You have it, right? Yeah. And if anybody's an Evangelion fan, it is very similar to Evangelion to me in a very weird way. Just also conceptually, the Eternals look very, maybe it's Evangelion's stole from Celestials, honestly, but they're these gigantic, you know, like beings that were created for a certain purpose. There's religious aspects to it, what have you. Um, and they kind of look like, they look like them in a weird way. They have like yeah. multiple eyes that are yeah. all, you know, they're all symbolic in some way. Um, so in the comic books, there are nearly 40 celestials <laughs> in the books. So... We do not know if they're ever going to do this. Yeah. But there are 40 of them. That is a lot. There's a lot of them. So we're going to, much like the Eternals, we're going to kind of bounce back and forth between a couple of them that we're familiar with. Just only three. Um, And, you know, I sent you this picture as recent as Friday. Um, But in, you know, in, in pop culture, if you will. 
When you walk into the Guardians of the Galaxy breakout, mission breakout ride at Disney California Adventure, mm-hmm. um, there has been, since, since its creation, there has been this wall that when they split the two lines um, of the collector's you know, um, emporium, they have these, would you call them like mat, like heads or something? Sure, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. whatever you want to call them. They have these heads, head sculptures on the wall. And they are the Celestials. They're Celestials. And if you look at them, you're just like, if you didn't know, or you just kind of walk by, you don't realize, but it's the primary circle of the Celestials. And um, so, you know, when it comes to Guardians, uh, you know, the story and their their origin, it very much intersects for obvious reasons. Celestials are at the the kind of the, the, the head of all of this cosmic yeah they're like the creators yeah the of cosmic the universe, branch if you yeah. think about it yeah yeah pretty much and you know and it's it's even said in the film like you know that uh that uh Ereshim, you know created the the you know he birthed the first sun or whatever the literal planet sun um and yeah and so this you know again eternals serves as a film that not only introduces these characters, but it's expanding the universe yeah, in I, so many ways. I remember seeing, oh my God, seeing the Celestials on screen mm-hmm. is so it's monumental, trippy. yeah, gigantic. Especially, you really feel like, like you really feel like how like yeah. massive they are. Right, which I think is almost lost in some respects, in the previous films, not to diminish them in those films like Thor and, and Guardians, but it's yeah. interesting that you get other big, but then in Eternals you see oh, the man. exponentially. It's crazy. Yeah, they're and huge. I'm glad because like yeah, yeah that's how they, they should, should be portrayed. Exactly. You gotta feel like like you gotta feel like like oh there's this presence and yeah. it's like how yeah. do you right. defeat this presence? Right. Exactly. So, uh, like I said, we're just going to talk about a couple of them. Um, the first one is Eson, and so Eson uh, is a c- celestial. You know, they they all have they all have these designations, and so um, <laughs> not to compare it to the the seven dwarves, huh. but <laughs> there's like sneezy, sleepy. Yeah. So each each one has a a task of designation, and mm-hmm. so Eson. His is to seek. He's the seeker. Um, and he was first introduced in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. And he's the celestial we see with the, the staff. staff. And he decimates, like, that planet yeah. with the power stone. Um, and in the comics, you know, Eson, uh, he's titled Eson the Searcher. Uh, he debuted in Eternals number 9, December 1976. Um, another early character. Um and then we have, like I mentioned, Erisham. And Erisham is, I guess he's, you could just call him the prime celestial, especially for this film. Yeah, the judge, Erisham the, the judge. Erisham the judge, yeah. Um, fun fact for you, he was voiced by David Kay, a.k.a. Are you ready for this? Because yeah, yeah. when I realized, I was like, duh. David Kay, a.k.a. Megatron, Optimus Prime. <laughs> In oh, various Transformers series. That guy? Is yeah. Iconic. He's yeah. an icon. Um, oh my gosh. And so he. he I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, David K. voiced Erisham in the film, and he was also, you know, for other Marvel, Marvel properties, he was Professor X and Apocalypse in X Men Evolution. 
And he was sev- several characters in Avengers Assemble the cartoon. He was Jarvis, Vision, Baron Zemo, a few other characters. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so that was like so cool. And I and you could kind of almost you know all these big names aside, you kind of forget like oh yeah, of course, like these characters that are CGI for all intents and purposes, they also yeah. have people that are you know like visionaries behind them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's true for Arisham. Um, and in the in the comics, you know, uh, Arisham the Judge uh, debuted in Eternals number two, August nineteen seventy six, and uh, and so his purpose is quite cut and dry. He's to judge. He's judging whether or not civilization of a planet lives or dies. Yeah, I mean, Spot, yeah, on. Was, yeah. <laughs> Spot on. Spot on. all around it. That's literally yeah. what he's in the movie. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's not a spoiler either. That's exact, what, yeah. exact adaptation. And, you know, like on this trading card, for instance, they'll have like colors too that are very specific to them. Yeah. Um, and they're not necessarily correlating to the, the singularities, a.k.a. The, the, the stones. But so Erishim is red and then like uh, Isan is like a purple bluish um, what and you know etc etc and also introduced in um, Eternals is Nazar the Calculator Jeremiah the Analyzer and Hargan the Measurer Um, we don't get a huge depth of them they're shown very briefly Mm -hmm. Um, again the colors give it away they're orange and green and blah 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 I absolutely 100% think they're going to expand on them. <laughs> have to. <laughs> right? After, like, at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, for sure. Um, and, you know, all of the those three Celestials debuted in the comics uh, around 1976, 1977 as well. So you kind of get basically a lot of the important characters from 76, 77 are in this film. They're represented in this film in some way, um, save for some of the, the humans. Um, and then, uh, then we have Tiamat which is a, a huge part of the film that we won't go into because it's a gigantic spoiler. Um, but, uh, you know, it's very plainly said that, you know, celestials are born of different planets. Tiamat happened to have the host planet Earth. Um, in the comics, Tiamat is Tiamat the communicator or the dreaming celestial. Mm. Uh, and it debuted in Eternals number 18, December 1977. And so that those are the celestials we're going to cover. That wasn't that bad at all. Yeah. But there, I but again. I just I can't. I there's can't, so much coming. <laughs> yeah, I just can't even like yeah. exaggerate the scale of these guys. Oh, they're so crazy! It's like crazy and like scary too. I keep, I keep every with each new like Marvel movie that comes out. I, mm-hmm. I mean, like we said, we saw the we saw the trailer, the second trailer for Spider Man, yeah. and then we saw we, we saw Eternals. Mm-hmm. You just think back. 12 years ago, this was never even never. a thought. I know. Everything was street level. It was so you know? street level, even, yeah. even like when Thor came out, we're like, ooh, we're getting into Whoa, like... Whoa, Norse gods. Yeah, we're getting into like Norse mythology. <laughs> yeah, Is that yeah. going to work? Are yeah. you sure? Like, are, do the people want that? Mm-hmm. You know, and like, it mm-hmm. took some time, but it worked. Yeah. I mean, because it worked, mm-hmm. then you can, and then Guardians came out. Yeah. So you see Marvel slowly chipping. Yeah. Chipping, chipping yep. away. Because mm-hmm. then now you can tell these kinds of stories like mm-hmm. with the... If you were to just release Eternals mm. in 2010 or oh even gosh. 11, never it would bomb. It would have, it would have bombed. So it hard. would bomb. People and it would have been an hour be, and people, 12 yeah, minutes long because people don't understand it. Yeah, no. And it's like, oh man. Yeah, I, it's, it's 
the the the, the yeah. path that they have paved and also just in time not to be fastest about it but like also how technology has yeah. evolved and yeah. and that itself evolution is a big theme of this film and its characters and so how that correlates to real life and it's just yeah. right place right time like we're in a place with marvel of like we're dealing with these cosmic beings mm -hmm. eternals mm -hmm. galaxies universes mm -hmm. multiverses now so crazy. <laughs> so crazy. you know what i'm so it's like <laughs> like oh the amount of just like of like storytelling that you can do mm -hmm. live action mm -hmm. obviously this is in a live action space which it, when you think about it is technically like technically technically impossible mm -hmm. in the early 2000s yeah you know exactly like, you can't do this yeah and also you know? not have them look like cartoons yeah like straight up cartoons like these guys you feel you feel the depth of field you feel the the vastness of yeah. them and also again like with makari for instance the way that they treat the sound that even yeah. like surrounds the yeah. celestial is like oh god yeah you know you feel this you feel the yeah. scale you feel the everything yeah so it's like uh, I, I it's like <laughs> wow yeah and then when you watch like Eternals and you're just like, I mean, you, it's like you believe it, yeah, you know, because they could have <laughs> not that they should have. They could have easily done the Rise of Silver Surfer treatment with Galactus and made it a cloud. They could have just had a thing that they, okay, well, that's easy to CGI. Yeah, <laughs> just cloud. done it or CGI the dude in a suit. And, you know, but no, they, they really have tapped into this potential of like let's have this crazy grand scale of yeah mass yeah, and seeing, power yeah. i just remember seeing irishim for the first time <laughs> on, so the, on the imax screen uh, yeah. it was just like see now you know i like to watch yeah, imax first you're time kind of, you're kind of just like i yeah. can't believe this is like it looks mildly re like when i say mildly it means like obviously we know it's not real right but like you believe that there is a maybe a universe where like you know what maybe that is possible maybe yeah. there is like cosmic beings that control this universe right so exactly. i it's love the, that yeah yeah like seeing like seeing ajak mm -hmm. face to face with airship we'll <laughs> oh i knew he was like huge but oh my god he's like we're basically you know like dust, eyelashes dust yeah like dust particles <laughs> so tiny that's crazy oh, yeah so, so i love that i, I love it where, i love the direction they're going mm -hmm. um even with obviously like the the, the two post credit scene, yes, which we won't talk about. We will about. not discuss. <laughs> but wow, even that's yeah. even even that one's moving the needle. Yeah, just those two alone. And I will say, spoiler free, but of those two credit scenes, I feel like even those split off to two completely different, different stories, completely different parts of the Marvel universe. Oh, which yeah. is like, oh, and you're like, wow, you just said, Dang. screw it, <laughs> yeah. okay. It's so great. Oh, yeah. I'm so stoked. But yeah, so there are f nearly 40. I believe they're 37 or something. It's a lot, 36. Man. So they have potential to, to to tap into 30 plus more if celestials they to, if yeah. they want to. Um, so gosh, we'll see, I guess. Uh, and then you know, we I kind of wanted to dive into to the human characters just a tiny tiny bit. Because who doesn't love Karun, <laughs> who is Kingo's right-hand man, a.k.a. human valet and cameraman, uh, portrayed by Her uh, Haris Patel? I hope I say that correctly. Uh -huh. um, he's just so wonderful, and he's like another one of those. I believe he is a completely original character again. 
So Karun is joining the, the, the cast of original characters like Darcy and, you know, the other ones that we have been introduced to, like, I believe the, the kids from Ant-Man and such. Um, so that's, I hope to see more of him. Um, but I do feel also he served his, his quote unquote purpose. He was just like a kind of like a very balancing human factor in the film because we're dealing with all of these. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like he and crazy power people. Like you, you, he, he, he saw. He represented all he of us. He was telling the movie. Yes. He was telling the movie yeah. through a human's eyes. Yeah. He was the humanity of humans in yeah. the film. Like giving the perspective to the Eternals. Like, hey, yeah. like, I know you guys are these super <laughs> beings, but. Yeah. This is how we see you, yeah. like, we think, even though we'll never see you, yeah. like, you know, saving yeah. the world, whatever. Yeah. You're supposed to do it in the shadows, but yeah. just thank you. He was so yeah. good. I loved him. I appreciated him very much. And then <laughs> my my other favorite, Dane Whitman, oh, yeah. um, portrayed by Mr. Kit Harrington, uh, a.k.a. Yeah. Jon Snow. He knows nothing. Um, he's a history professor at the NHM of London. Mm-hmm. Again, very jealous that NHM <laughs> London has Professor Dane Whitman under their staff, but you know, whatever. Um, and so for Dane, as much as I want to go into him, I'm going to save him for his own episode. I don't think there has ever been a movie <laughs> where they use a movie just mm-hmm. to set up a character. You think? Like that. Like they didn't even... Like that? Oh, I guess you're right. They didn't even like... You know, yeah. I mean, okay, obviously, if you know the character Dane Whitman, it's, yeah. this is not like, you know. No, this is not going to be news to yeah. people who are familiar. He's, However, he's, he plays the. I can say it, right? Oh! <sighs> Never mind. <laughs> no, don't, don't say, say it. it. Don't say it. Don't say it. But you know what I mean. Yes. Though. Like, he's obviously, he's obviously more important than yeah. people would perceive. Yeah. People, I think. The snap judgments that were made about the film from people who are not familiar with Eternals, who are not familiar with Dane Whitman, think, oh, Kit Harrington's playing the human. Okay, cool, whatever. Who cares? It's not fun. It's, yeah. not, imp- it's not interesting. However, the way that they are setting this character up truly, truly, truly is a grassroots from the, st- from the seeds, from the soil. Yeah. They're nourishing this little baby plant. Yeah. Not really many movie yeah. MC movies have done that, right? Really? They, I don't even. Where I they use even, a movie to solely so. set up a character without without you seeing them in their full form at the end of the movie. That's true. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like. And he still has what I what I perceive as a pretty substantial amount, even though he's not in it yeah. much at all. Yeah. He's in it less than Karun, I think. Kinda. Might be. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think he has the least screen time, but he still. Even then, has a, a lot of screen yeah, time, and, and he's gonna, and then he's going to, you know. Yeah, and he's gonna have more, obviously. Yeah. But um, you know, sparing all other details that make him incredibly interesting, and I will just say, I have many trading cards of this character, which is kind of funny. I didn't yeah. even realize. I was like, oh yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, in the books, Dane is also what you would call Cersei's main love interest um so yeah we'll see more from kit harrington and i i do want to do an episode on him i hope it's sooner than later Uh, me too i i hope it will be i don't know when maybe next year um but yeah he'll have his own he'll have his own episode soon and then um i had one more character or two more characters but i'm gonna scratch them since we're gonna go 
full ham, not spoiler on any of that. Okay. Um, but we can talk about them later. I'm okay. sure we'll get the opportunity to okay. also. And believe it or not, we're still not done. <laughs> so um, last but most certainly not least, the deviants. Um, so, you know, it's they're, they're perceived as just these monstrosities. Mm-hmm. From the get-go, you get, okay, they're creatures. They're not quite human. They're not like the Eternals where they're refined and exquisite gems of the celestial gods, you know. Yeah. Um, in the comics, they're they're known as changing the changing people, um, mongrels, scum, scrum, scum, scum, scum. Nice. <laughs> scum. I feel like I think I I'm staring at that guardians thing, <laughs> and so all these guardians <laughs> terms came through my brain. Uh, so they're, they're yeah they're they're regarded as like trash people pretty much, and um, but their scientific term, if you will, um, is, is Homo descendus which you can imagine is basically like lower human. Mm-hmm. Um, they, and so their story in, in the comics is pretty interesting. It's, again, it's very much a, a tale of evolution. And so they originated as Homo erectus, you know, yep. uh, an extinct species of archaic human from the Pleistocene, which is about 2 million years ago, a.k.a. the Ice Age. I'm also a herald of the tar pits, so this is right up my alley. Nice. <laughs> and so, um, basically, uh, they were the ape human man, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yeah, and so Celestial Gamenon, the gatherer, gathered Homo erectus and then sent them to Zeron the tester. So here we go. We're being introduced to different <sighs> Celestials in the comics. Whether, again, whether or not, you know, this is, this... These facts in particular are not, we're not told any of this in the film. It was very simple oh, yeah, that yeah, they yeah. were like Erishim. Erishim. They were like, he, the deviants I, came from nowhere. Yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, they created them and they went off the rails. They Sorry. Went, yeah, they're gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're, they're somewhere. They, they originated from space. Um, whereas, yeah, here we're being, in the comics, we're being, you know, connected to all of the branches that bring them together. Um, so yeah, so these two celestials, one celestial Ziran gives it, gives them to, uh, to, oh, sorry, Gaminan gives them to Ziran Mm -hmm. who tests the ability, the stability of the genes of the life form. So it's almost like a quality control, (laughs) which is so terrible, but let's call it a spade a spade. Um, and it's Ziran who then mutated them with an unstable genome, mm-hmm. creating deviants, aka Homo descendus, who then Nazar the calculator balanced by creating Eternals. <laughs> Jeffrey's just shaking his head. Just like, just like, like, oh crap, we created a problem. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's create these two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, how do we? Okay. Yeah, and it's very much oil and water. It's like, okay, would all of these, every single analogy you can imagine, is is what this storyline is. Um, so they're considered defects. They're mutated. They're, it, it, you know, this is again another thing that's very uh, similar as it is dissimilar to the X Men. You know, and, and the X Men, their whole strife is that you know they're they're different from the rest of humanity, both in good and bad ways. Sure, they have powers, but some of them are they they appear defected and they appear a certain way mm-hmm. that instills fear in people. People push away what they don't understand. Yeah. They're officially bad, not good, what have you. And so 
So the the deviants are kind of like that, but on a grander scale, where they are like quite literally monstrosities mm-hmm. in ways because they're they're like in the trailer and in the film where they're just like they're more animalistic in the film. Of course, you see them; they're like they take on animalistic attributes, like tiger, like. What was that? Like a cat yeah. thing, a lizard, an eagle, but they're all mutated and scary looking. Um, and and so, yeah, the whole idea is that they're not heavenly like their celestial counterparts. Um, they're not part of the celestial design, which is like a bigger picture idea yeah. <laughs> in, in the grand scope of what the universe is in general, you know. Um, so, yeah, they're just to the yin to the yang. You know, they're, if the celestials and the eternals are just so beautiful and pristine and grace, um, graceful, they, there has to be an you ugly, an opposite, yeah. yeah, there has to be an opposite. And so they're the deviants. Um, we're only actually introduced to one deviant by name in the film, who is Crow, um, who is the, 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 f- the figure you see in the trailer. So this is not a spoiler. Um, he's the one that holds An- Angelina's character, Thena. Um, and you're like, you can't protect them, whatever yeah, he says. Yeah. Um, and he is voiced by Bill Skarsgård, a.k.a. Pennywise from uh, the It films, crazy. a.k.a. Selen Skarsgård's son, <laughs> who's Alexander Skarsgård's brother. <laughs> one of 25 of the Skarsgårds. Um, so, he, yeah, which I was like, wait. Which one was, wait, he was, oh, he was him. And he is great. He's a great voice actor. Um, I think he, his voice is really what made Pennywise so scary. Yeah. (laughs) On top of the actual ability to cross his eyes different ways. Um, But in the comics, um, Crow is a much different character. Uh, You know, like I I said, um, in the film, they're very animalistic, very like primal animal, whatever, creatures, Mm -hmm. they're creatures. In the comics, Crow is, they're, they're just like, muta- they're mutated. Oh. Uh, like, toxic. You know, talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, in the comics, he, he's red. He's kind of red, I think. He kind of looks like a devil, if you will. And he has like, glasses or something. Oh, wow. He just looks weird. Yeah. He just looks weird. But it's all part of him. You know, okay. like he's got sculpted a sculpted face, very prominent, you know, features. Um, and he's a warlord. He's a dictator and a general to the deviants. But he also wears, like, clothes. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so they're, okay. like, they're just weird-looking people. Um, and, you know, in the comics, he's more than 100,000 years old, secretly an immortal shapeshifter, closer to the Eternals than his own kind. So okay. he's then forced to hide his powers from people. So mm. he's kind of like a double agent. Yeah. So it's it's very different because in the in the film Crow seems very like an like he he appears like an alien almost you know yeah. he's on his hind legs and yeah. but he still has these weird characteristics and so it's like again it's a very modern take compared to you know the the comic book version which is more or less like a bridge troll yeah <laughs> um and and you know to bounce back to the MCU version. Uh, Crow is based on Cronus, or you know, said to be based on Cronus from Greek mythology, um, who was then linked to Cronus of a different spelling, who is the personification of time in philosophy and literature. So it's like, okay, interesting. Again, kind of like a stem of evolution, um, and which Cronos is the Greek word for time. So. 
I think, you know, conceptually, the, the film is, is a lot of time concepts as it is. The literal name is Eternal, you know, Eternals. Yeah. And so it's like time, time, time. Everything is time-based, different points in time, before Christ, all of that, you know. And then the future, the present. And so it's like, okay, so you have these overarching themes that are present and consistent with the film and the comics. Whereas <laughs> Crow in the comics, he's, uh, he's often mistaken to be the Olympian Pluto the devil. So again, that kind of gives you an idea of what he looks like, even if you don't know what he, what, if you, even if you don't see a picture of him, you kind of get the feel of, okay, he, he has this, he has devil-like attributes. And... Um, he, <laughs> this is what I meant when there was a, a, uh, a few interesting relationships within the Eternals to which is directly related to the Deviants that uh, in the books, he's the secret lover of Thena. That is, yeah. I remember you brought that up to me and I yeah. was like, ooh, interesting. Spicy, I wonder, right? <laughs> I wonder if that would ever yeah. work. And so uh, they kind of spoil, not even spoil, but they kind of show, they kind of represent that in the trailer by showing that scene of Angelina bound and Thena bound, uh, pardon me, um, by Crow and and kind of like they have, they have uh, encounters yeah, like a moment. They had a moment. moment. Yeah. yeah, and he even says some things in the film where you're just kind of like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" And and of course, there's there's reason for what comes out of his mouth. But but yeah, so I thought that was again an, another interesting Easter egg that they kind of just like pepper in, and you're yeah. like, "Oh, interesting." Um, and so in the books, he's kind of wishy washy. He's an ally sometimes because of the fact that he's not he's closer to Eternals than he would be a Deviant. But mm. you know. Um, that's that's crow for you. Wow. And so this <laughs> this is an interesting little tidbit. This poses the question that many people have mentioned in in the general scape of things, especially in in terms of bridging the gap between the era of Thanos to mm -hmm. the now. Does that then make Thanos a deviant? So for those of you who aren't familiar, Thanos, and I believe we said this in another episode, Thanos and Thena are cousins. Yes. And so their fathers are brothers. And so, um, of course, as we know, Thena is a, an internal. Yes. So what does that make Thanos? Well, I pulled this from Wikipedia because there's just no better way to say it. Yeah. So I'm just going to read this. Um <clears throat> Thanos was born on Saturn's moon, Titan, as the son of Eternals Alars and Suisan. His brother is Eros of mm -hmm. Titan. Thanos carries the deviance gene and as such shares the physical appearance of the Eternals cousin race. Shocked by his appearance and the belief that he would destroy all life in the universe, Suisan attempted to kill him, but she was stopped by Alars. So, basically, he was a deformed child. They tried to get rid of him, and it didn't happen. Which is why the killing Thanos as a baby joke is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> because they're like, we could have saved the universe. If we but just killed Thanos. If we just killed the baby. But, you know, it's just messed up. I mean... Recap question. Yes. When he goes to Vormir with... Mm -hmm. With um, Gamora. Gamora. Yeah. 
Does Red Skull say Thanos, son of... Does he say anything to Thanos? Yeah. I'm Has pretty he? sure. Because he says, he's like, Gamora. Yeah. Daughter of He did Thanos. the same thing? <gasps> and he goes, and then he goes, Thanos, son of... Either, oh. either allies or... He did. He did. He did. <gasps> yeah. Look at you. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Shoot, I didn't even... I, I didn't like, catch wait. that. Yeah, I just, I just Googled it. He's there. He says allies. Red Skull first introduces himself to Thanos in 2018 when Thanos and his adoptive daughter Gamora had arrived at Warmere during his crusade to balance their universe. They were both welcomed by Red Skull, who knew of their true identities, yeah. referring to Thanos as the son of Elars and Gamora as the daughter of Thanos. What a great Easter egg. Dang! Yeah. God, you <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, so that's that's essentially where any of the chitter-chatter that is Thanos a deviant comes to mind because of that notation. And if you know Alars, he's an eternal. Wow. And it's bringing all of these characters together. And I so... Love, yeah. I love how Thanos is just still I know. Pr- prominent he's in conversation. He's still here, right. Uh, yeah, and uh, clearly he's his, his family... Will live it's on in some way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, that that is all of the characters we're going to cover. <laughs> uh, so you know, I mean, you know, we're we're deviating, not to be punny, but we're deviating from our usual like love interests and affiliations. We don't Too have to much, go into yeah. any of that stuff. But you know, I will touch very briefly on uh, on aesthetic. You know, because obviously they look different now um, than they did. But has your and then we talked about this, I believe, in the mini, the previous mini Marvel, mini Marvel two, where um, someone asked us what our favorite. I think it was Damien asked us what our favorite costume was, oh, probably and did. you said you were feeling Gilgamesh's outfit. Has that changed now that you've seen the film? Do you have a more favorite uh, uh, outfit from the Eternals? Oof. And now that we can actually see like what's pliable and what is like actual I mean, they armor. They're all, they all real. Costumes. I love yeah. the design on them, like the whole so like, circles good. and lines. And, the- and it's also proof that not everything has to be CGI. Yeah. It's like it can be enhanced hard. in CGI for exactly. sure. Yeah. But if you ha- if you just have that yeah. on, oh man. Well, because that's it's funny that you even say that because people most people don't realize Gamora and Drax are like CGI'd to Kingdom Come. Yes. There's a great percentage of of uh, you know actual prosthetics and yeah, I mean, everything. Vision too. You yeah, know? but like, yeah, Vision's a great yeah. one too. But there is a number of CGI um, touch-ups done, and yeah, I don't know. We'll guess, I guess we'll see with the Eternals. I was, di- I was digging Druig's digs a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. Yeah, the little like skirt. Yeah, thing. <laughs> that's cool. And I feel like you know, again, to touch on the the whole history of Druids, I almost feel like that it's it was very priestly. It was very like of the Druids that you see skulking around. Yeah. Yeah. In all black and stuff, and I was like, yeah, I yeah. like that. I mean, and then Ajax headpiece is pretty oh, cool. Yeah, solid, That's solid. super cool. Yeah. And then Thena's just white gold ensemble. Oh, it's so just good. kind of like just elegance. Yeah. And, and very Greek. Yeah. And then when she creates her weapons yeah. of matter, it's like, that's crazy. It's yeah. Cool. Yeah. It just works. Yeah. So, yeah, I probably. <laughs> it's like another one favorite child again. I know. It's tough. <laughs> I mean, I, I, like, I, like how, I mean, I like how green looks on Cersei. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I agree. I mean, on Gemma Chan, I'm yeah. like how that looks. Because even even with just this source photo of Cersei in front of us, imagining Gemma Chan in red tonally, it just would have yeah, it would have changed the balance for the character because yeah. it's not a harmonious color. Yeah. 
And this is where color comes into play. It's very important. Or even, or even Makari's red and gold. I loved Makari. Yeah, like that. Like, oh yeah. See, and that's an interesting thing. Like, yeah. imagine that suit on on Circe, and then perhaps even yeah. green on Makari. It, it wouldn't have the same. And then Makari, she's bad. You see, like the gold trails. Yeah. So it's like, so good. Yeah. It's tough. It's so tough. I I think for me though, I will say I think, <clears throat> I think I think. <laughs> Again, I think Makari takes it for me. Yeah, it's hard. But I do She's like them all. Really, she really stole the, yeah, the show. Yeah, she really. I'm usually I'm usually one to gravitate to like blue because I love blue. Me too. I love. Plus, this is great. I I just think that like the way that they balanced Makari's outfit from head I mean, to toe, yeah. and yes, the emphasis of when she's running. Um, I mean, I even Kingo's so purple well. is nice. too. I know Kingo's great too. Yeah. I like Kingo's blue outfit. <laughs> You have to see the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, your favorite almost was. Here so we go. there wasn't actually, I didn't find any juicy bits for this, sadly. I was hoping I would find juicy bits for everybody. I do have everybody. a story, though. I do have oh, you do? I do, yeah. Okay. Um, so very quickly, Kumail uh, apparently once auditioned for an unspecified Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. role, but mm. didn't get it. So I've been trying to think, who, who did he audition for? I can't think of anybody. Maybe Patton Oswalt's character. I'm mm. not sure. Um, and then, of course, he did a recent photo shoot um, as different icons in movies. And oh, he yeah. posed as Wolverine in one of them. <laughs> it's so good. You got to see it if you haven't That's seen good. it. Oh, my gosh. Um, and, and, and nearly everyone in the film was tapped for their role Which specifically. Is Which is so great. Oh, it's so great. Approached with their thoughts. And, and just like, hey, what do you think about this character? What would you change for this character? Yeah. What would you like to see for this character? The beauty. Yeah, while others just auditioned the old-fashioned way, like Sprite and Leah McHugh. Like, you know, they all did virtual because it was like yeah. right on the precipice of, uh, I know. <laughs> of COVID. So, uh, so yeah, so that's that for Almost Was. What's your story? I think it was, it's about, it's about um, Kumail. Oh, yeah. It was, I think, uh, I think, Nate, it was, I think, there was an interview with Nate Moore, and there was a tidbit saying like... Not Nate Moore, but Nate Moore. Nate Moore. <laughs> then there was an interview saying that like, oh yeah, like, I think Kumail, because of the pandemic, mm -hmm. it freed up their schedule kind of thing, and mm -hmm. it was because Kumail was going to have a small role in Guardians 3. Uh, yes! You see, I read, you yes, saw, I, I read about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. no, and go James for it. James Gunn retweeted yeah. and clarified. He was like... I approached Kumail, my friend. I wanted him to ha have a small role, mm -hmm. just you know, in, yeah. in Guardians Three. Yeah. But then Kevin called me. Feige called me. It was like, he's like, hey, we're thinking about having him as a prominent role in this movie. Mm -hmm. And you, and, and then James was like, cool, totally, yeah, please, that's much better. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, yeah, that's how yeah. <laughs> I, I think Comic Book actually posted a screenshot, or they posted a reel about that yeah, encounter probably. and I com I then commented because this is what I do <laughs> I commented he said something like James had said oh he's my friend and I wanted to have him around so I wanted to spend a couple of days with him on set and then I I added James Gunn I was like I too wish to be your friend and spend some time with you <laughs> on set <laughs> and James always likes my stuff so I was like did he like it yet did he like it yet did he like it he did not like it yet Ugh. but I'm still waiting for my invitation Mr. Gunn if you're listening please pain please <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I love that I love yeah, that each, no, so each actor was very specific you know I and, agree you know kind of kudos to you know Sarah yeah. Finn yeah. kudos to 
Feige and kudos to Chloe Zhao because yeah. you can tell she had the vision of I who know. wanted to play these characters. And I hope she gets to play around a little more, like be it an Eternals film. I don't know if it's like, you know, because there's been discussion like, oh, there, there doesn't need to be a number two. There's not going to be a number two, but then the Eternals will still be around. Yeah. So they cannot be around. They, there's going to be something. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Whether it's sequel or not, but I would love to see her get a chance to play around with other characters or another suite of these characters, yeah. I mean, whatever it is. I w- I'd like to see more from her. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's essentially the end of the show. Um, some suggested reading. You know what? Start from the beginning. <laughs> Just <laughs> go back to King Kirby, read the compilations, read the omnibus, get, get all the old stuff. There's also, of course, the notable, notable and incomparable Neil Gaiman, who also took his hand at the Eternals um, much after King Kirby did. Uh, of course, Gaiman is another uh, powerhouse in nonfiction and comics. He has Sandman, American Gods, Coraline. All of that stuff is Neil Gaiman. So if you want some Eternals from him and his flavor, get at it. Um, yeah, so thanks for listening. Sen- this, this was a doozy. <laughs> it's a doozy. Wow. Thanks for hanging in there if you're still with us. Yeah. Um, send us some character study suggestions. So I did the math. We have, what, two, two episodes left before the end of the year. So I'm going to pivot. I'm going to make the executive decision to not cover Kate Bishop next. We're going to save her for perhaps the end of Hawkeye, and then yeah. we can really get a feel for her. True. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and in the spirit of Gardens of the Galaxy, the game, we're going to cover <laughs> Peter Quill. <laughs> Star Lord. Star Lord. Oh, yeah. Um, so join us for that. Should be oh, fun. Yeah. A We Are Groot salute to Laura C. and Ashley, who are new to the tier. Woo! Um, and of course, uh, newcomer Nats, as well as veterans Robin, Melanie, Ariel, Claire, Andrew, Jenny, Joliz, and Ed. Follow us on all the things at S-T-R-K-C-N-T-R-S-T. And if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah, uh, it may not seem like it, but it, uh, it helps us out a lot. Oh my gosh, yes. Leave a thumbs up. Yes, please. Subscribe. Anything. Leave positive comments. Like a picture. And maybe negative. Uh, you know, help, hey. help us. <laughs> help us. <laughs> Oh, I guess so. Critical. Cri- 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 the deviant to our <laughs> celestial and eternal. Constructive criticism is, is great, <laughs> this too. This is true. This is true. Um, but yeah, we appreciate it all. If you're still with us, Dice said, because this was a lot to intake. <laughs> a lot of characters. And if you haven't seen Eternals yet, please go. Go see um, it. It's an amazing movie. Uh, we both loved it. Yes. Um, and we can't wait to see you in the next see one. See you in the next one. Bye. Bye. I bet you've built the perfect safe house. Well, what's this even made of? Vibranium? Fall collection. Ikea. La 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 la! Gobble gobble. Thanksgiving. Friendsgiving. Turkey day. Cool, I got that. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs>